Man, that was like the first real weekend I had in forever. Leafs didn't play. Yeah. First, <laughs> first one all season. And you know what I did? <laughs> Watched so much sports. <laughs> I took full advantage and watched NBA playoffs and Blue Jays baseball. What and, a weekend it was. UFC. Oh, it was glorious. Ben Ennis is here. It's a good hour on a Monday. What's up, buddy? How we doing? Doing all right. I as well watched many sports. Yeah, I watched nice. some sports with little children, although yeah. the littlest of children yeah. uh, is not into watching the live sports. Yeah, it's a bummer. He played the video games, though, at Rogers Center. Oh, wait, you actually Pac-Man. set him up on the arcade? Yeah, Pac-Man. Oh, nice. So what? You, that's just now good for you. You can go, that's the 500s? Yeah, well, no, that they, the arcade, like the old school arcade stuff is actually behind the WestJet flight deck. So it's, uh, okay. they just threw them back there. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of annoying because you can't just be, be like, hey, cage. just stand there no, and I'll go watch the game. You can't even like, you, you can't leave like t- even 10 feet of distance between you and your child at a, at a baseball game with those 40,000 people. So I don't know. Kind of- That's what I'm saying. This is what they should do. They should have it just basically be like, there's if if you can have a lifeguard at a pool, why yeah. couldn't you have a lifeguard yeah. for children in the yeah. child penned off chain, area? Like chain them off. Yeah, that's what right? I'm saying. Like chain. Be like, all right, do you want to play yeah. the game? All right, you got to chain. You got to hook your leg up to this chain. Yeah, and and daddy will unchain you when you're done. No, that's not. No, that's not what I <laughs> meant. Prison. I meant yeah. I meant prison. No, I meant like actual. <laughs> child prison at the Rogers Center. Where they, <laughs> that's just babysitting. They build, yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. But it's it's fenced off, and it's just a ball pit because that's all you really need. Sure. I was a child once, and we that was called going to fancy McDonald's. Remember those McDonald's yeah, playground yeah. pens? That was it. All you were in want. a little bubbled-off zone. and there McDonald's was, uh, birthday parties. You used to go to a McDonald's for a birthday party. Yeah, it was the best. What are you talking about? I remember yeah. vividly. one. Of, dude, ask me about any birthday party from when I was a kid. I will not remember any of them. Except for two places. Whenever someone would get the gymnastics gym, mm-hmm. that was a fire birthday yeah. party. Or McDonald's. I actually got a tour of the McDonald's as a kid. <laughs> Literally oh. took us down to the basement. And they went, here's the meat. Some teenager <laughs> Here's all our frozen Some patties in the basement. And I, dude, here's a milk crate. Somebody sits on a hack of dart in this basement because it's the 90s. And you can still do that down here in a... <laughs> Sweet. This is I'm locked in down here at the McDonald's in the 90s. I'm telling you, that was the best. That was the absolute best spot to be. No, I don't disagree with you. Listen, um, yeah, See, my kids. You're, you're, what I'm saying is your kids are being deprived by not being put in kid jail. No, kid I jail know, is fun. I know. And I, I know the trampoline park seems better. And it may on some level be better. But no, there was nothing like the simple pleasures of going into the, the human Petri dish that was a ball pit at yeah. McDonald's. Yeah, it's true. Or going up into the tunnels, the slide tunnels. Yeah. There's just little tunnels in there and you just meet some kid and you would go... Yeah. Hey, new friend. Yeah, we're that's friends trapped now. in the bubble. That, we are now brothers. Yeah, we, yeah. in the tunnel together. We'll probably just have to set up here for a few weeks <laughs> and f- live off of fries. We'll and be nuggets. all right. We'll figure out a new life here in the tubes. <laughs> and Envious just, of hamsters to a degree, right? Yeah, like that's totally. that's Why all it is. Why are they always trying to escape? Those things yeah, always yeah. want to escape they got their it tube so life. Good. I know <laughs> so many tubes all connected. Man, hamsters are hamsters still a thing? I feel like hamsters were a '90s thing. No, they're still a thing. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying they're extinct. <laughs> no, okay, I know that. I, I just mean, I feel like hamsters think, were a big deal in the 90s that everybody No, I think hamsters. what changed was you no longer being 10 years old. Oh, okay, like, yeah, that's think, fair. Like, yeah, like yeah. 10-year-olds have hamsters. But you think your kids, well, one of your kids is close to 10, he doesn't want hamsters? 
Sure, I'm sure he would die if I brought a hamster <laughs> home tonight. Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> he true. would be the greatest. Yeah, like, I would be dad of the yeah. millennium if I brought home yeah. like a disgusting, ratty <laughs> hamster. You can't put your hand in the bags either. They'll bite you, right? So oh, you have course. to really... You, yeah. oh, you, you also can't, can't startle two. it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't you startle go. it or else I'll have like a heart attack. Yeah, you got... What? Yeah. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> no, no, have you... No, no, yeah, that happens. That happens. You yeah. scare people. A lot of I, heart attack it, deaths yes. for hamsters where they get scared. You, a lot of wheel deaths. I feel like the wheel, wheel is, all, is oh, okay. very dangerous. I, I don't think for we should hamster. be going down. Now let's get back on track here. <laughs> now we're totally off the rails. <laughs> this has gone too far. All right. So Rays, Jays this weekend, uh, and then I want to get into jinxes, omens, curses, and the Toronto Maple Leafs and Tampa today uh, on Good Hour. But I'm going to start with this: the first game against Tampa Bay. You looked at the standings when they flashed it up there, and the Rays have this incredible record. They beat all the bad teams. I was joking about it. But there were real stakes for this series. Jays could – okay, so you're going to say no to that because I, I, it's unlikely. It depends on what you mean. Okay, okay well, what do you mean? It's unlikely, but the Rays could have been 16-0 and and the Jays could have been 7-8 and in this series. Yep. That's real yeah. stakes. That is real stakes. That is a massive hole to be climbing out of in April. No, you disagree? No, I, I don't disagree that that's, like, bad and that's not what you want. And I will say that, like, even, you know, the numbers people would agree that, that what has already happened to the Rays and Blue Jays, like, has, has impacted the projections for the season-long standings yeah. like, substantially. The Rays and the Blue Jays were both projected to be 89-win teams by fan graphs at the beginning of the season. Rays got off to that 13-0 and start, despite the fact that they were against totally crappy teams uh it doesn't matter because the blue jays also get to play the crappy teams their updated win projection i didn't check it after the blue jay series but it was 96 wins mm -hmm. going into the series so yeah no that's that's something yeah um but yeah it, it's not like the season's over no, um, but it, of course that's not what i'm saying i'm not that we don't need to extrapolate it to that what i'm saying is there were huge stakes for the blue jays to be back that many games in april would have been tough and it actually did feel realistic to me because the Blue Jays threw Barrios and Kikuchi out there for the first yeah. two games. And Manoa... And they were the only good pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Manoa can't seem to figure this out unless it's against the Royals so far Kikuchi. this season. Don't do that. That's uh, We're going to well, get... That's the, but th no, that's the one thing. Like, it, it's... I'm pouring over the numbers. Like, I'm trying to figure it out. You're pouring them over, eh? You're just the accountant. I, just, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm like, hey, listen, I, I wow. get numbers. Thanks. I get nice. what? Like, yeah. He's pouring Did, over the numerals, people. Thank God digits? for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. We are blessed. <laughs> yeah. I can, I, can, I can analyze these numbers. I'm a smart guy. Yeah. And the thing I keep coming back to is... Well, it's just like all walks. It's it's just he's walking too many guys because yeah. we think of this guy as being pretty wild in the strike zone, but his his walk percentage is pretty low. Now he's hit the most batters in the I was American say, League. I don't think the it's about him as a control guy because he plunks so many people. Yeah, but that's like kind of a feature, not a bug, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that's the part of the Alec Manoa package. I love but it. He's been his walk rate. Like, remember how bad it was to watch Yusei Kikuchi every five days with the lack of control and the number of walks. Alec Manoa is blowing his walk rate out of the water from last season. Like, mm -hmm. Alec Manoa is walking everybody. Even in the good start in Kansas City at five walks, yep. right? Like, that's entirely the issue. Yeah, you can point to the miles per hour being down a couple of starts in a row, but they were back yesterday. Like, that, that was fine. Fastball was – he had more than enough velocity to get people out with the fastball, and he's never going to strike a ton of people out, right? The strikeout rate is always among the, the lowest amongst guys that are as effective as he is. It's just – you can't be letting guys get on base without swinging the bat. Make him swing the bat, and he hasn't. Too many walks. Yeah. Um, he is a fascinating case study for me right now because you and I, like, listen, you and I both love sports psychology, right? 
it's a topic that we've discussed many times, and that's kind of the gist of today. And so I guess we'll get into it with Manoa right away, which is I find him particularly interesting because I'm watching him post game yesterday, and and you mentioned he's walking everybody, he's not really locating. He's saying to the media that he doesn't really want to change too much, that he felt like most of his pitches were dialed in. And again, this is after he gave up the seven runs, couldn't get through a game against a really important team, an opportunity to sweep, and with all of those walks still happening for him. Like control, very command, very much an issue right now for Alec Manoa. And he's trying to put on a brave face to the media, but it's not the same Alec Manoa we're used to, which is every single thing that has ever happened with him in the Blue Jays uniform essentially has been a party, right? He yeah. stands up in front of the media. He holds court. He's wearing his uh, tank top, and he's talking but about— he's had, like, what, like three bad starts? Exactly. I mean, but before the playoff game against the Mariners, it, it was like the guy was a lock to go at least yes. five, probably six. Even if he had bouts of—, of uh, a start where he didn't look at his best, he would always gut it out. And honestly, I thought that was what we were going to see yesterday after giving up the three runs early. Like, yeah. he kind of bounced back in a nice yeah, way. He did. But then he had a nice little again. bit of a quiet time. My point there is that everyone believes that this guy believes in himself, right? He's the number one dude of, you're not going to shake his confidence with poor outings. You're not, he's going to battle. He's going to do all these things. But watching him yesterday, just a little bit of body language stuff, you could tell that the tenor was a little bit different in terms of the way that he was talking, the way that he looked, the way he was carrying himself. And I went, this is going to be fascinating to watch him through this period of time because he does not have the failures and the coming out of the failures to fall back on. And the deeper he goes into this hole, the more it's going to become a bit of a story. And right now, it's not even really one to me. We're going to go, oh, yeah, Alec Manoa will figure it out. If you had to do confidence ranking of pitchers that are just going to be fine at the season's end, he's at the very top of the pile. But... Just because he's had no struggles, he's genuinely the most successful Blue Jays pitcher in team history out of yep. the gate. From yep. a wins no, loss. Roy Halladay had to go down to single yep. A. <laughs> Alec Manoa, most successful Blue Jay out of the gates, out of anybody. Best start to a Blue Jays career out of any starting pitcher ever. And so, yeah, to see a bit of a roller coaster ride out of the gates, have it be a bumpy flight, I, I think it, yeah, to me, it's just a little bit more interesting to see where this goes from here. Yeah, uh, because he's never really had struggles at any level. Now, right. we, we don't know because he had a weird year where he didn't play in the minor leagues, right, during COVID. So he was Dude. at the weird alternate site, and who knows what. And maybe he struggled there. Maybe he really went through some struggles. Okay, did you hear his post-game yesterday, guys. though? Did you hear his post-game? He uh, said, I saw the part about getting beat up. Yeah, that he, no. he, he apparently got beat up. Yes. All six foot six, 285 pounds of Alec Manoa apparently Ennis, got beat up. This is my point. It's so unlikely that he gets beat up on the baseball field that a six foot eight massive human has been beat up more times in the outside world. It's more likely that somebody unlikely. shows up and beats up Alec Manoa and all of that mountain of a man than it is that he gets torched on the baseball diamond. And that's what makes this so interesting. Did he live like in the Serengeti? Did he get like beat know. up by like yeah. gorillas? Like yeah, I don't he had, know. Like, like a Mowgli <laughs> situation. He was living with the wolves, and he was like, yeah, "Damn, I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> ah, I don't wolves. know. Wolves got was he next door neighbors with yeah. like the Undertaker. Like yeah. I don't know. Like who is the person? <laughs> yeah. that is... Every morning, well, it's the big show. <laughs> He's coming down the ramp at Alec Noah. Like, damn it, <laughs> not again, big show. Anyways, uh, yeah. No, but this is it is. Is, uh, I know this is such a cliche thing to say, but it is true. Like, not all progress is linear. Yeah. And it's not usually linear. It has been for him. Like, look at his first year. You're like, holy cow, what a great start. Out of the gates to put up that type of season. You know, we would expect him to take a bit of a step back. 
in his sophomore year or maybe put up similar results. He was better. Like he was, he was better. He's top five American League Cy Young Award candidate. Yeah. And 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 outperformed a lot of his uh, underlying numbers too, right? That is part of it. Like a, a lot of the advanced stats called for a regression because, like, really you have to. Be yeah, yeah, yeah. The elite I, the, of the elite to have an ERA in the twos. I was right? going to say that's the lamest had. stuff the nerds do with it. Like, it's going to be a regression season. You're like, all right, yeah, fine. He's an ERA of two. Well, why is that lame? Ah, I mean, just, yeah, it was unrealistic to expect him to to replicate what he did a season ago. Sure. Because he doesn't throw 99, because he doesn't strike out 10 per nine, right? But he could still have a good season and still can have a good season. But no, this is usually the progression is a starting pitcher gets his feet wet and maybe guys are seeing him for the first time and trying to figure him out and maybe have a season where they don't figure you out, but then the adjustments come or you have, your, you have less stuff or, you know, a rule change happens like the pitch clock and maybe for a guy that is so like what what makes Alec Manoa is so great is not stuff that you can necessarily put your finger on. It's reading bats. It's like it's that chess match between the pitcher and the batter, and maybe not having enough time to to think it through to to do those other things that he's done in the last two seasons is impacting the guy. And we just need to see if he can make the adjustment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've seen enough of him to to believe that he's capable of doing it. Yeah, uh, I would say that if there were stories that I uh, or, or guy, if you were going to pick five guys that were going to struggle out of the gate, and you're going to say, yeah, but their normals or their numbers are going to be normal at the end of the season, Manoa would be in the five for me without a doubt, mm-hmm. right? Like it would be Bichette, it would be him, maybe one two. Yeah, except Bo Bichette is like having a better start than Vlad, who's having a spectacular start. I know. Like I kind of feel like Bo's start is going under the radar a little bit because it was like Matt Chapman, American League Player of the Week, and deservedly mm. so. He's been amazing. And it's like Vlad spitting on all these borderline pitches, taking a bunch of walks. And it's like Bo has double the amount of home runs as Vlad mm-hmm. and uh, has the most hits in baseball right now and like looks every bit the player we saw for the last month and a half of the season that was the best hitter in baseball and then your mind starts racing, wondering if he can do that for 162 games. Yeah, I think that I think that might be why that happens with Bo is when he was so hot to close last year that it's become a bit expected. But there's also the you don't want to get too high with it because you know that a low could be around the corner. Maybe, maybe, maybe. he's not striking out. That's that's yeah. the thing. No, right? I know, like, dude. He's getting his bat so on every single baseball. He, it is insane. Has, well, so. Vlad had like one strikeout in what, like that first road trip. Mm-hmm. Right now, Bo only has one more strikeout on the season than Vlad. Like they're basically neck and neck in strikeouts. Yeah. And Fl- Vlad has way fewer at bats, right? Because he actually takes walks and, and Bo Bo doesn't. He's just he's getting in two strike counts and he's doing the thing where he's going the other way. Like everything seems to be to right field unless it's a breaking ball, which he hammers to left. But no, this this guy. I mean, and then you can talk about the defense if you want. But no, if there was a question about what the true value or true uh, offensive uh, ceiling of this guy was at the conclusion of last year, I'm I'm curious to see how long he can keep this up. Yeah, 100%. He's got seven strikeouts and 75 plate appearances. It's pretty good. It's pretty damn good for a guy that everyone thinks of as a, yeah, a player who can strike out a lot. So, yeah, pretty good for Boba Shett. I think that's a good take that he's been yeah. underrated to start this season. Thank you. Well, well I, but the, I mean, it's... And it's a good situation for the Blue Jays. It means that there's other guys offensively that you yeah. can talk about. And, I mean, Matt Chapman, especially considering the narrative coming out of spring that he would, had changed the, 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 what, the stride to the toe tap and, 
you know, some people scratching their heads about how effective that was going to be, and then looking like the absolute best version of himself back to the top five MVP candidate yeah. and stuff. And then, yeah, it's always going to be about Vlad and whether he can get back to 2021. But yeah, no, here's this guy that's been the best hitter on one of the best teams in, in baseball and kind of like third. He's like and picking up right where he left off. Yeah, picking yeah, up right where he left off. Yeah, he's position as far as narrative stuff. Well, but okay, but some of that does make sense too, though, just because the park has been such a huge story, right? People returning to the diamond, returning to the Rogers Center and having all these new social spaces and viewing experiences. And so that swallowed up narrative discussion for what, four, five days, essentially, where that was almost the biggest story in town. It was yep. them being on the road. It was home opener. And what happens the first couple of weeks of the season? It's, well, you focus in on the new guys. So you want to see Chris Bassett. He has a nightmare first start. Kikuchi has a good one. There's a roller coaster ride with Barrios. So I, I don't really blame it as I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily that it's underrated. I think that you're right in terms of it's been totally overlooked. But now as we actually start to get into the season, if he does continue this thing, it's it's not going to just become a story here. It's going to become one of the biggest stories in all baseball. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is the the conversation I keep trying to drum up in the off season is making people pit Vlad and Bo against each other, right? Like yeah. and making people you take the that, pick. Eh? Yeah, okay. I, I really like it because I think it's an interesting thought experiment, right? Because I, <laughs> in all likelihood, well, I, in all likelihood, you, I wish every, other people could see Ennis's face when he does. He's like, and I want to pit them against each other, and he's got this well, like, smirk on his face. He's all happy about it. He's like, okay, and here I go to outline my case about making you hate one of your favorite baseball players. Here I go. You don't okay, have so to do hate it. one. Oh, well, you, you kind of just said you, pit against each other. When I think sure. pit against, I don't think, well, you can like them both. <laughs> That's well, not really this? pit against. Do you think the Blue Jays are going to sign both guys to long-term deals? Can right? I, like, do you think both guys are going to be Blue Jays once they reach free agency? So here's what I have, how I, I feel shockingly about it right now. I think Vladdy is almost a lock to re-sign with the Blue Jays. I just don't see that not happening. And... You believe the the what that he said he wants to be a Blue Jay forever? Yeah, I just I whatever athletes say, I believe. You know me. That's uh, always what I do. If you say it, I believe it. That's what I how I live my life. No, I just think that he fits here. It makes sense for him here. That they'll pay him. They understand who he is and what he means to the country and what he could mean to the baseball team. And yeah, just how the bat is going to play for a very long time. How he'll age probably very well. Man, the. I, the plays that he made defensively over the weekend, right, at first base, that was probably the biggest pop out of anything from the crowd and from Twitter. Like, people love Vladdy here. They just love him. It's just a different kind of love because we've known him since he was essentially a 15-year-old or whatever when the Blue Jays signed him. So, to me, it's just a harder thing to believe that he walks or that it becomes acrimonious or that the organization doesn't shell out the dough for him. He's just a more likely guy for me that they shell out the money to. I... This Except is what like I hope. Factually, they've shelled out the money for Bo, right? Yes, and, and they it, have. And, and they've they figured out the one-year deals for Vlad, avoiding arbitration. But yep. like factually, they decided, hey, we better pay Bo a little bit more than it would cost to go to arbitration because we want to make nice with this guy. He's yes. the only guy that they've come to a common ground on on a contractual agreement but, the, for multiple years. And Ben, that's why where I'm going with this is I'm actually more optimistic than ever that there is a reality where both guys do sign with this team. And that this is the Vladdy and Bo team, and then they just figure out everything else around the two of them. And, and that, oh, yeah. like, dude, okay, so obviously I I coined the term in Owens. I love Alec Mano. He's my favorite Blue Jay. But if you were going to tell me, hey, what's the smarter investment to be making, Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., or the starting pitcher, it's a no-brainer, right? So uh, obviously. It always was. Yeah, of course it always was. But I'm just saying that 
to me, there is a pathway forward with this. If there was a path for them to re-sign Manoa and re-sign Vladimir Guerrero Jr., then I have to believe that them coming to the table and figuring something out with Bo, them having a bunch of success over these next couple of years, Rodgers making a ton of money off of the Blue Jays and having them be successful and make some deep playoff runs, that there actually might be a path forward for both. Anyways, I don't know why we're having this conversation in April. Like, you really want to pit people against each other. Bo and Vlad and their potential futures as they just start the year extremely hot and everyone's really happy. You're yeah, talking about potentially... One. Pick yeah, one. I was like, why? Why are we doing this? Anyway, okay, so the other two guys. Um, big meaningful takeaways from the weekend against the Rays. I, this seems redundant for me, but just the defense Defense, the way that it shows up with this team night in, night out right now is very encouraging to me in terms of what matters and what could come up big come playoff time. And I, I know you love defense. Everybody likes defense. I like how people act like no one likes it just because people wanted to see offense too. But what are you reading into the Kikuchi starts and the Barrios one? Do, do those matter to you really? Kikuchi all season long matters to me. Yeah, that one, one's huge. Man, it's it's. But it's it's even the the times that he hasn't been as great as he obviously was against the Rays. Because it's just like honestly, he's a simple guy to figure out because mm-hmm. the strikeout rate has always been there. Even last year, he struck people out in the rotation in the bullpen. Guy can strike people out. He throws ninety seven from the left side. All it is is walks, and he's done that in each and every start this season. Mm-hmm. Like literally, that's that's all that matters with him is keeping the ball in the zone. And yeah, okay, he's going to have some starts where I guess. You know, you, you can't miss every single bat, and, and when it comes in at 97, it can go out at 115. I get that. But, no, the, all I care when it comes to Kikuchi is limiting the walks, which he's done incredibly well, and it's it's hard not to think about the pitch clock and that guy just being taken out of his brain and not having enough time to, to think about Buddy, if, if, if that's actually what it was, then that's one of the greatest takes I've ever had in my entire existence. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be... Yeah. Exactly that, because I think he's also said it explicitly. He's like, I don't know, I just get the ball and now I throw it. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, this was one of the slowest workers on the team, and now he has to be as fast as everybody else. I, I'm super encouraged by what I've seen from you, uh, Kikuchi. Rios, obviously, less so. Yeah. And uh, and obviously, like, the idea, the path back to a guy that was an all-star, a guy that, you know, had potential Cy Young uh, potential yeah. when the Blue Jays traded for him and then signed him to a seven-year extension. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it seems unlikely we're going to get back to that spot. But like okay. I tweeted before his last start, that this guy has two absolutely uh, abysmal starts, and then he'll mm-hmm. throw a good one at you. Like he, yeah. he is still capable of 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 throwing two hundred-ish innings and and having as many quality starts as Kevin Gosman, which yeah. he did last season. Okay, so this is where I was he's going. a fifth starter. Like he's the okay. fifth starter. Okay. That- Thank you. Okay, this is where I was going with this, though. It's obviously, it's April. I understand. However, this is not an April take. Who do you think has the higher upside, Kikuchi or Barrios? Because to me, it's it's Kikuchi Kikuchi. 100%, right? There's there's no debate about it. That's what I'm saying. Kikuchi strikes people out. That's it. Dude, and when he was throwing 97 and just making Ray's batters look foolish... I went, that was a very different, and I know Barrios had, what, six strikeouts and in five innings, I want to say, in his start. So he was solid. But the stuff that Kikuchi has, when he's rolling like that, I have a measurable amount of confidence in it. I'm watching it and going, that is really, really good. This is very, very nasty. And, and I kind of do feel like, yeah, if you could pick one of those two guys to figure it out, obviously from a long-term standpoint, it would be Barrios because he's got seven years on his deal. But for the this season, I think the answer is 100% Kikuchi. Like you could get one of these two guys figured out they're their best version of themselves, Kikuchi. 
Yeah, I mean, if you want to go totally off the rails and do an April take, you could do playoff rotation today. No, okay. Gossman yeah. <laughs> game one. Kikuchi I, I thought I game set it up two. a way that worked in April. I thought I set it up a way that worked in April, and you took it into hyperdrive and went complete. <laughs> no, yeah. Kikuchi game two. Yeah, that's true. Gossman one, Kikuchi two. That is the... And then Bassett three, honestly. No, yeah, shut up, yeah. Manoa, like Bassett. you try and get four or five out of him in game four. Uh, and then it's a bullpen game. Yeah, no, I, I've been... T- the, the biggest question of about this rotation was obviously the two guys at the back end of it. And the, and the, the results haven't been perfect for either guy, no. uh, obviously, to start the year. But again, if there's there's one thing... like It's a very, very rare player that you can just point to like one area, statistical c- category, where it's like, this is, this is it. This is the total indication. This is the total package for Kikuchi... It's walks, and he's limited those, so naturally he's going to be good because he strikes people out. I'm just trying to think about guys who would have had the redemption arc in this city, the level of what Kikuchi would have if he actually finishes this season as... Okay, not that, because that's way too high, right? Of expectation for him to be a... Yeah, like killing the Rays guy. That well, level I mean, of good he was an all star when they they signed him. He yeah, was he an was an all star, but then he also fell off. Like he was kind of one of those fake all stars um, where he got like San Diego rep- Espinal. Yeah, kind of. He was exactly. He was one of those kind of fake all stars, and then his second half of the season, he ended up with an ERA. I'm pretty sure close to five, right? It was like a four ninety. Oh, it was well over five. No, it was no, it wasn't. It was. I think it was four nine seven or something like that when he uh, finished the season. I want. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Jobo, stats guy, get on it. Find out. You say Kikuchi. Uh, statistics when he was an all-star. What his ZRA was at the all-star break and then what his ZRA was at the end of the season. Either way, I think we all knew when the Jays were getting him that he wasn't, yeah, when people were like, he's an all-star, it wasn't like they were getting Juan Soto. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, oh my God, look, they're they're getting one of the best pitchers or they're one of the best players in baseball. But yeah, I, I do have this weird confidence in him and I am hoping for this narrative arc that happens where, yeah, he just, He's not just a comeback guy. He's the comeback guy in the city. And that when anybody points to struggles, they go, it could be like Kikuchi. You think it's done, but you, <laughs> but he could end up being the star. That's the, uh, that's the ultimate, is that his name becomes synonymous with the guy who's like no, but that's at what I'm the saying. very that. bottom of the barrel. Yeah, he could and- be that. I, I, I could not think of anybody that was as low as he has been. Because And you can't count guys coming in and being rookies or whatever, right? Like guys coming in like and struggling out of the gate at the very beginning of their careers. I'm talking about big signings, guys who got... He came here to essentially replace Robbie Ray, and they said, we're going to fix him and turn him into Robbie Ray 2.0. And then he was a nightmare. People couldn't stand him. He looked like a complete write-off, and now he started this season. And yeah, he's been one of their better starters. Anyways, I've really liked it. All right, this brings me to this question. Um, and we'll, then we'll take a break, and then we'll get into Leafs lightning and some takes off in. But do you believe in omens? Because the Blue Jays beating the Rays, the start of Toronto beating Tampa in a series, do you believe in omens? Omens for Ennis. I do believe in, like, sports carryover momentum, like city sports momentum. I I believe in that, too, but I think that's more of an accountability thing or uh, you want to step up kind of thing. No? Like in the city, okay, you want to be mean seen. Like the one team sees the success of the other team. Is like, yeah, yeah. well, we've got a standard now. Let's. Well, let's if it's pervasive throughout the city, like I think that cities can have a moment. It doesn't last forever, but yeah, I think that if you're winning in Boston and there's other winning happening, that there's like this added confidence that they probably get that you go, yeah, we're we're the city of champions or whatever. Um, 
yeah, I believe in that stuff. I mean, we've seen it so many times. Usually, you know, over the last 20 years, it's been Boston. But omens, like if you, saw, if you saw a crow die in the sky today, like it just plummeted, it hit, it hit the windshield of your car. A crow oh, hits God. the windshield of your car. Are you like, this could be a bad day happening here, omen? Or if a bird poos on you, people think that's a good omen. Like two bird-related omens in honor of yeah. the Blue Jays. How do you those feel about omens? Om- those aren't my omens, but yeah, I don't know if this is the same thing. But like, if I, no, if I end not. up, whatever's happening, like here. if I'm if I'm a clumsy dude, yeah. like in the morning, if I like pour coffee all over myself, which is common. No, that uh, this guy, is an omen. I think these are omens. Yeah, no, I think these are omens. These are signs. These are the, you're trying to interpret the signs of the universe and and make sense of them to the, how they fit yeah, into your life. Yeah, there's there's things that we can't perceive. Okay, there's yeah. the, you, you know. There are there are energies that that we can't put our fingers on, okay? And one of I those energies right now everything. is Toronto beating Tampa in Toronto. Yeah, in I mean, a series. I, I, is the the team that is heavily favored against the Rays or uh, against the Lightning? And yeah, I actually, actually, apparently, percentage wise, only slight slightly more favorites than they were a season ago. But yeah, yeah we'll get finish. into that. We'll get into that. Double Just stick to omens. Points. Well, just stick to omens. Do you believe in omens? Just stick to omens. Don't don't get I mean, at least that. Cool. Uh, Leafs are going to be on the other side of break, and we're going to talk about uh, narrative versus yeah, logical discourse. But what about omens? What is an omen to you that throws you off for the day? Spilling coffee on your shirt, I guess. Big clumsy hands. You're like, this is a sign of a bad day. Yeah, yeah. Also, my kid, my five year old, <clears throat> my five year old being in a horrible mood and like uh, yelling at me. That's is not a, really an omen. omen. So yeah, no. I believe in omens. Okay, <laughs> I believe in it. Those things are a little more controllable, though, than like, yeah, the the crows falling out of the sky. That's what I'm saying. As I think your grumpy kid isn't really, it's that's not an omen. That's just a fact. That's a fact that's that's in front of you. It's an omen for the rest of his life that he's going to be a temperamental human being. Yeah, yeah. That's just a. That's just a. It's an indicator. Indicator is that the same thing as an omen? No. Yeah. Sign. I got to Google omen. Now I'm all confused. Now I'm like, what is an omen exactly? Now I've got that. What is that called? Uh, Damn it. What, what, Jobo, you got this? An omen definition, an event regarded as portent of good or evil. Yeah, okay, yeah. So good or evil, actually. Good yeah, or no, evil. Good or evil. So, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is a whole different level of stakes. If the Leafs win or if the Blue Jays won and it is an omen, it is a sign that Toronto is good and Tampa is bad, which I agree with. Like, if you were going to say which of these places represents evil, wouldn't be us. It would be them. No, it's, I mean, pretty percent Florida. Yeah, is duh. The, like, it's, it's the heart of, it's like the, yeah, it's where all the evil is congregated. I would Florida. say it's the evil capital of North America. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be. It's, it's where, yeah. There's a have lot of evil seen, concentrate there. It's like the Minions movie. Like yeah. they have, uh, like the evil villain uh, get together, the, they, they congregate. Yeah. And I it like is Gru. literally in Florida, I believe. I think it's in Orlando. Yeah. So yeah, Tampa, way, close it, enough. Buddy, if you were going to have a villain retreat, you would yeah. have it in Florida. There's no oh, doubt about it. There's no doubt. There's yeah. the only like side like Minnesota. Cont- no, I was, I was actually like, going to no say chance. that I feel yeah, like there would Florida. be some kind of side contender like Montana because there'd be like a ranch there that some evil villain would have, and they would go come out to my ranch on Montana. But Florida would be number one. Florida is number one. So yeah, I believe in omens, and I think that the Jays beating the Rays was a. It, here's what I'll say: It's not a bad omen. No. It's not a bad omen. Oh, unless, ooh, unless no, you use up all your wins against Tampa No, that's not a thing. Franchise. You think you're like Trump where it's like you have a life battery or <laughs> battery. whatever. <laughs> you use up the battery. You use up all the wins. Yeah, that's your that's your theory except for applied to sports. So, yeah, you just you used them up, but you get more next year. But it's not for this. No, no, no. That one, 
if we're going to have Omen talk, Ben, please be okay. serious about it. <laughs> please take Omen talk seriously. Don't say stupid villain things. Villain Con like... was in Orlando, by the way. Villain Con villain was yeah, from Despicable Me. Oh, Villain Con. So that's all the from... villains yeah, went okay. to Orlando. Yeah, of yeah. course. That's what I'm saying. So here we go. Hey, that's a good omen. Good versus evil. Good mm-hmm. can triumph. All right, let's talk about Leafs Lightning and, yeah, logic versus uh, the supernatural. Next. Good hour. Sports. Sportsnet 590. The Fan. Good hour continues. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave five stars. And then, yeah, there's a podcast-only portion to the show now. So if you are listening on radio or you're live streaming, you can only get it on, well, Sportsnet's website. But easiest if you just follow, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And then we'll take some stuff into there from the weekend. Mostly some NBA playoff Mm touch-ups. Some funny stuff that you guys... Light the beam. Yeah. I was really torn in that game, actually. I'll talk about that later. But, yeah, I was very, like, the whole game going back and forth of who I wanted to win it. And I love the Kangs. But I was just, you know, I, I, I find myself always cheering for the highest outcome in sports sometimes. So what is a greater Toronto tradition? First sun, first meaningful weekend of sun and coming out of it with a sunburn or being completely paralyzed and terrified of any positivity about the Toronto Maple Leafs playoff chances, Benny? Yeah, no, they're one and the same. Normally, yeah. we don't get the sun, but yeah, the the Leafs thing is the thing that you usually set your watch to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was nice that we got like the little respite of weird like July weather that we're not going to get now for another two weeks. It's going to be like a high of six tomorrow. But no, it's actually that's that's the take. It's like perfect Toronto Maple Leafs return to the playoffs weather tomorrow. It's going to be the coldest Wait, day. Wait, are you saying this is a bad omen? Week. I'm just saying that you, like, Leaf fans need to be like, in, the in that spot. The sun was shining when there were no Leaf games, and then the Leafs returned, and then the, what's that called, pathetic fallacy was just yeah, the worst good, weather good returns. That's not good. That's a bad But the omen. Leafs can, the Leafs can make it sunny ways. again. I think that this could be bad. This is a one-in-one situation. We're going to have to find we'll the third see. omen that's a good omen. Yeah, that the sun shines on the Blue Jays, but not on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I would say Oof. that if you're an optimist, you would say that the – the Leafs can bring the sun back. They can bring the good weather back by... They control the weather? The first time. <laughs> yeah, sort of, maybe. All right. With their good vibes. All right. <laughs> that was... That didn't feel good. I'm trying, that, man. That was, I know. That was thumbs down around the studio. All the fellas in the studio were like, just gave you the... What's the emperor in... What's the evil emperor's name? Jaquin Phoenix's character in... I forget. Yeah, no one remembers? Ah, come on. I, I'm I'm struggling today. I got again. I got too much sun. I went out in the sun yesterday for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and I just have sunburns. It's just that's the way it is. It is little. Yeah, you shouldn't be permitted to go out in the sun. Oh, the easing of the back in is a very very tough time period for I think a lot of Canadians, but especially those of us with very very fair complexion, light skin, uh, blue eyes. It's a really tough Commodus? time. Commodus. Yeah, that's that's Phoenix yes, yes, Commodus. yes. There we go. It's Commodus, but yeah. Oh, but, yes. Sorry, my bad, yeah. my bad. I know, but she's twenty. You know, it's just he's trying to read. He's he just learned. almost twenty three. He just learned. He literally just learned how to read. All right, so I'm really this this year almost more than ever. I find the Leafs jinxy. Uh, all these conversations to be the most fascinating of them all. Because last year when they played Tampa, it was very much, hey, there's a ton of pressure on this team. It was very much about the matchup. There was a little bit about Tampa. I think maybe some people thought there was some optimism, but Toronto played them really well. And if you even look at the statistics of games uh, six and seven, Toronto outchanced them five on five. Tampa really 
did a great job of capitalizing on specialty teams. Like, they did a great job on the power play. And that's basically the way that they're going to win this series if you just look at every single number going into this sucker. Toronto's looked good against them in the regular season. Toronto looks more balanced. They look deeper. They have a goaltender who's put up terrific stats. They're deep on the blue line. They've got 13 forwards who can play. We're having genuine conversations about who's going to get in here. It feels like their stars are entering their primes in Matthews, completely normalized down the stretch. Marner has been brilliant all year. Nylander's coming off of a 40-goal season. They've added a Conn Smythe winner. And for Tampa Bay, it's like, go look at their lineup. And it is a bunch of guys on the blue line with Hedman and uh, Sergachev that you've never really heard of before. And they're not nearly Your prize as deep. acquisition, like, hurt. Just destroyed his knee. Yep. yep, hurt. Their fourth line that gave Toronto so much trouble last year has been horrific this season. A lot of production fall off for Perry, for Maroon. They just look slower. Luke Shen is coming off, fresh off of just eviscerating Patrick Maroon and destroying any idea that he is going to be a problem for the Toronto Maple. And so there's optimism from a logical standpoint right now, right? Is people talking about this series, it is a lot of, when I've discussed it, if Toronto loses this, this is not a... This is actually, it's in their heads. This is actually, oh, okay, something is fatally flawed here with this group because that's going to be now, I don't really, the Columbus one is weird because it technically wasn't a playoff series. It was a play into the playoff series. I feel but we like count they've as gone playoff. back and changed that now because now the, the Leafs and the Bruins own the longest uh, streak of making the playoffs yeah, because I, they've like retroactively made that a playoff series. I, I, don't, I don't know, know what, what the hell. Yeah, they just kind of seem to have thrown it in even though it technically wasn't, but whatever. I would say that the there's only really been three horrifically like or, or there's two really bad playoff losses right it's columbus and it's montreal but even columbus so uh, what the leafs they were horrible uh, that columbus year. were 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 tied on points when the yeah, Rangers, like, i mean we did that trade yeah. deadline show the leafs were, were like oh you got to get whatever you can for Tyson it was david Barry. ayers like, year it was the david yeah, no, ayers year they were bad that, that they were not a good team Awful. Yes, awful, but I'm awful. just saying, like, that's the one where they should have... They were favored in that series. They were favored in the series against Montreal. I can't remember if they were slight favorites last year. I feel like they probably were, but it was, like, a very small one, and everyone would have yeah. thought, like, all right, this is what it is. It's going to go to a Game 7. It's going to be a coin toss. That is not this year. All I've done is outline that this season, the Leafs should be favored for basically every logical reason outside of Vasilevsky is clearly one of the greatest goaltenders on earth. But when you discuss this... When you discuss this, I'm finding that a lot of people have basically taken this as, interpreted as, if you're discussing positive momentum about the Leafs or how the Leafs look good, that this is something that's always happened as though this fan base has always planned the parade, which is like a complete fallacy. No one here has ever really been positive about the hockey team. Like, there was a small portion of time when they drafted all the guys at the beginning of this run where people really thought, okay, this this could happen. They could win Stanley Cups. They could win this. They could get this core group. John Tavares is signed here. Something is actually happening. This is not an overly optimistic fan base that gets way ahead of their skis and starts talking trash and starts thinking that they're going to be amazing. It's very cautious. It's very, very, very cautious a lot of the times. And for this series, for people to be going, yeah, Toronto should be the favorites, I found it to be shocking the degree of discourse of people being like, don't mention this. This is cursy. This is jinxy. This is insane. I, I, I don't really know what to make of it. This has actually been a bit different than in years past, even for uh, the jinx narrative, which is usually pretty high here. Yeah, this is, this is, and I, I heard you on with James Myrtle the other day talking about this would be the second biggest disappointment outside of the Montreal, which like, it would be. And, and, and I agree. I mean, th- yeah, the difference of course being that, 
in the Montreal series, they got a Carey Price who ended up leading a pretty crappy Montreal team all the way to the Stanley Cup. But final, I don't know why w- people are associating it would be a disappointing loss with it could not happen. You know, like, I don't know where that synapse is firing for people, where you go, the Leafs should be favored. And then you go, huh, the way to go. No, you saying that Tampa has no shot? What? No, that's not no. the conversation at all. It's that one no. team is clearly better than the other and should win. They sh- the, the Leafs should win this. Where they there's, are, there's no dissenting opinion. Like, they shouldn't you can't be. really have one. Like no. it's a 13 point gap during the regular season. I mean, the only argument, and I know you just like kind of threw it in there as like a bucket of of things that might go wrong, is, is that yeah, they have a Hall of Fame goaltender. No, not a Hall of Famer, the, potentially the, a Mount Rushmore goaltender. Yeah, but yeah, a guy that even by the advanced numbers is having, and, and Ilya Samsonov had a career year, and he was great uh-huh. at high danger. Uh, save uh, save percentage, but yeah, even you go deeper into the advanced numbers, like uh, goals saved above average, and Vasilevsky had him. I mean, it's the most important thing in in hockey. But outside of that, there's nobody who's watched all 82 games of both teams, and especially the way they played after the deadline, where the Lightning mm-hmm. were below 500, and and thinks that this should be. You know, these two teams should be viewed on level footing headed into the series. It's just not – there's no logical way to view it that way. Yeah, and and this is where the question of jinxes or trauma comes into play and whether there's actually – because you just said you believe in city sports championship mentality. And so this is where I – I really hope that this week – because I had – we were supposed to have Ryan Callahan, and you're actually the backup guest. Sorry to inform you of this, but Ryan Callahan, I know he canceled last minute because he found out he was doing the Oilers series. Oof. Yeah. Which I, okay. Are the Oilers playing at 10 this morning? Yeah, I know. It's really a tough look for me all around. It's all around. <laughs> I prepared for the entire interview, but I, I do. I know athletes have an incredible amount of self-belief, right? And of course, because they've made it to professional ranks, they make millions of dollars playing sports. They have accomplished the dreams of millions, right? The absolute fantasy. The idea that you become a professional athlete is absurd. Think about as you're watching your kid play his Timbit hockey right now that you're seeing, right? Your oldest boy has started to play it. Imagine the idea that that little creature that is skating around out there one day is making a $10 million contract like Austin Matthews is scoring 50. Like, it's absurd. It's an absurd idea. So, of course, you have an immeasurable amount of confidence. Of course, you think that you're the center of the story. And, of course, you would think going into a playoff series that your mentality would be strong and that there would be a lot of fortitude with this. But that is what is extra interesting about this series with the Leafs this year is that if this is basically you removed any of the teams and you just put up the statistics and you just put up the players and the acquisitions and all of that different stuff... And you removed it and you put up like, hey, what are all the favorites in the first round? Like, who are you definitively going to pick? Boston would get definitively picked over the Florida Panthers. And then it would probably be this one second. Like, go look at it. Go look at the disparity between the teams from a number standpoint, from a roster standpoint, from an age standpoint, all of it. And tell me which of the teams from a logical standpoint have a better shot at winning than the Leafs. And now it's, it's hard to apply logic, right? Is is your point that, or that, that there are some people that are having trouble with the logic because so much of what's happened over degree. the last half decade has been illogical. I would say the most illogical thing, despite the fact that yeah, there were only significant um, favorites in the Montreal series, yeah. is six straight winner take all games lost, right? Like even yeah. if like those are just hockey games, right? Yeah. We watch enough hockey games yeah. between two teams on an ice surface in sixty minutes. 
with a rubber disc to understand that sometimes, like, the worst team wins a 60-minute mm -hmm. hockey game, that you would flip a coin, and a weighted coin, I get it, but six straight times and land up on tails all six times. To me, that is the biggest indicator that, like, logic mm. can't be applied to this team. Because See, it, and it's happened in different ways. See, this is, this is where, though, I actually feel stronger about this case, is that... The Leafs lost to Montreal, who is the clearly inferior team. But Montreal did get hot at the right time, and you did mention the Carey Price thing. Like, Montreal went through and made a Stanley Cup final that year. It's outrageous to think about because considering the next year they turned around and they were one of the league's worst teams, and everyone went, wow, this is kind of stupid sometimes how this sport works and how the parody goes and whatever. But ultimately, sure, goaltending can put you deep in the playoffs. The team can get hot at the right time. Those things can happen. That is logical as well. But if you look back on all the Leafs series... They were not the favorites. They were not supposed to be favored year one against Washington Capitals. They were not supposed to be the favorites against the Bruins two of the times. They were kind of not the favorites, at least against Tampa Bay, where at least last year it was a coin toss series where you went, hey, these guys are the most experienced group. This is a really, really tough out. They have been sort of conserving themselves, but they're still pretty deep. They're still pretty dangerous. They know how to get this done. There's not really any signs of decline with a lot of their players. They figured out some ways to manipulate and to get into here. This is a different story, and people feel like it's the exact same one. And, I, and the more I look at it, I go... All right, unless the unquantifiable just dominates this series, mm -hmm. then it becomes weirdly the quantifiable, right? Where you go, no, these, these guys kind of are chokers and you have to change something. There's something unless, about this group that is flawed. I don't think Tampa unless, can just outplay them to a degree where people come yeah. away from this and go, wow, Tampa's actually incredible. And that is just not a deserved loss for the Leafs. Like a coin toss no. loss to me in this series is actually that bad outcome. I'm not saying Tampa doesn't have a chance, for God's sakes. I'm saying that the Toronto Maple Leafs are absolutely the superior team based on every single piece of evidence that you can bring from this 82-game regular season against this Tampa Bay Lightning team that looks, yeah, flawed in many ways this time around. Yeah, and again, there's no way you can view what's happened here through 82 games and have a different perspective. I mean, the, to me, the only scenario where it plays out and you're like, well, okay, yeah, there is that, and and also, oh, yeah, that sport is totally reliant upon that one position. It's it's the Vasilevsky thing, but it's also the Samsonov thing, right, who uh -huh. got into some playoff games with the Washington Capitals wasn't necessarily great. And, I mean, your backup is a guy who had a great season in the AHL and showed pretty well in his limited time in mm. the NHL, but could you see a scenario where yeah, of course they those get guys absolutely melt down and yeah. cost you an entire series? I mean, that's that's it. And, that, and then what do you do, right? Then you're, you know, you... You do all the things correctly. You even hit on 50% of the, the risky goaltending proposition during the course of a regular season, but mm -hmm. goaltending is voodoo, and there was such a, a little uh, playoff resume that it came back to, to bite you in the postseason with that dude. But you did everything else ex outside of the, the one position. I mean, that would be the nightmare scenario as far as the discourse, because what mm -hmm. else can you do other than that one position? Well, I, I almost, in some ways, yeah, it would be a nightmare for the discourse with Kyle Dubas, and it would be uh, very strange because, again, Samsonov is an RFA this year. They completely whiffed on Matt Murray, and so it would get really difficult to project out what would happen in net, like how you, uh, how, how you change anything there moving forward. But no, I think from a fan base standpoint, there's really no outcome at this point where they lose and people go, hey, this is fine. Or at least it shouldn't be this way. Um, either way, just to me, there is a new level of sensitivity with the, the fan base that, that is really starting to show up. I think the, the scars of these past years, everyone's always joked about it with the Leafs, but I, I've felt it a little bit different. That's just my, again, anecdotal evidence. 
But that is the way that, yeah, I've been looking at it lately is people are far more stressed out about this series than ever before. And that, yeah, it's hard to imagine a lot of fan bases looking around and seeing their team match up with a pretty clearly inferior opponent in any sport and threading it to this degree where it's this much of the illogical that gets strapped onto it. This this really does feel like it, though, right? And we keep yeah, saying that this is it, this is it, this is it. But, like, just factually, the general manager's contract expires at the yeah. end of the season. And, I mean, it's one thing to not fire a guy. It's quite another to, like, tack on an extension to a, a guy's contract if you go out in the first round and then you get a new general no, manager. No, no. If they, How if many they go new in the general managers no. if they go out in the first round, in and they're like, no hey, well, let's keep this thing rolling for yeah. another year? It, it could fairly – like, I, I think Dubas has done his best job as general manager this year. And he's had, again – the Matt Murray thing was definitely an absolute huge whiff, but that's what happens in the sport. There are whiffs. There hasn't yeah. been one that has completely cracked them or killed them. And Samsonov, the lottery ticket worked out, and yeah. excellent trade no, deadline. A lot of the pieces. You're happy fit. with the fifty percent hit rate on well, on the risky goaltending proposition? Yeah, kind of. Except for the only thing is the one guy cost four and a half million, and they got off of a guy that made a ton of money, and then they moved on to him. But either way, um, I guess my point is is that he has done a lot this year that you would look at and go, boy, you really would want him as your general manager moving forward, especially given what the potential outcomes are here. But yeah, at this point, if you lose again, a seventh straight season and he doesn't have a contract, the idea that you would tenure him and tender him a new one, it, it does get into, it does get into the silly land. All right, Ben Ennis, thanks so much for your time. We got to run. Uh, it is time for best bets brought to you by Botano Sportsbook, the 2022 global sports betting operator of the year. The place where I made all my wagers this weekend. The place where I made some decent little bit of coin this weekend. It was all right. It was all right. I can't remember what my Friday bet was. But um, tonight, I'm going to throw in two quick. I like the Jays tonight because Gosman's on the mump and it's minus 111. And I'm also going to be looking at some Gosman props. But I'm also going to go with the Golden State Warriors on the money line. It's a very, very short line. There's tons of options on all this stuff too, by the way. Like just an insane amount of options. Uh, Blue Jays game right now, 336 different things you can bet on on Botano. Early payouts. Um, if the team goes up five runs. So, yeah, I like the Jays. I like the Warriors. I just have a really hard time believing that the Kings are going to take two straight from the defending champs. That's just it. It's just, it's, this is purely a, can I close my eyes and picture them lighting the beam twice? No. That was Best Bets brought to you by Botano Sportsbook. The game starts now. Go over the podcast portion. Welcome to the podcast only portion of the show. I podcast just, only. I just yelled at Austin. He's found we're back. <laughs> this, is, this is how we're we back. start every single day. Is <laughs> hey, it's a podcast only, and then I was just yeah, eviscerate yeah. someone yeah, in like uh, close tell, proximity. Tell Austin not what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's the way she goes oh, every single time. Goodness. Okay, so this weekend, yeah, I obviously watched a ton of the Blue Jays, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much my highlight. But it was nice not having Leafs. And I'll can I give you guys a, a trust tree take? Yes. Like a, a full, just... Ready for it. I really hate how the Stanley Cup playoffs and the NBA playoffs are right at the same time. Mm. It just breaks mm. my heart. Yeah. It Gotta does. Pick. It just, Gotta pick I, what you're watching. I just, I wish the buffer was so that the first round matched up with the second round mm. and not the two head-to-head first yeah, rounds. Yeah, that's true. Because I'm, I'm just sitting there and I'm watching a copious amount of NBA playoff basketball and it's like... All in my head is like Sarah got like I will remember you. <laughs> well, it's starting tonight now. Like, also, yeah, hockey just, hits. And... This is when will you remember <laughs> me? This is all I'm gonna get. It's like sometimes I'll see maybe a quarter. <laughs> like that's it. Because <laughs> hockey's gonna come and it's gonna dominate so much of what I have to do. And it's there's like gonna be Leafs. And eight Leafs games stuff. every night between yeah, hockey and, and just, basketball. I, I wish it was because the first round Stanley Cup playoffs is also so brilliant. Like yeah. I look at these matchups and I'm like. Hell yes. Mm, yes. You don't think I want Oilers Kings 
every single time oh, yeah. tonight. Oh, yeah. Oilers, Kings. Oh, yes. And having the two late games across from each other isn't the worst. That's actually the kind of the sweet zone. Right. It's that it's really hard to grind through sports all day and be flipping back and forth with both of them and add Blue Jays to the plate and actually feel like you're really watching stuff and pulling stuff from it. Yeah. Like, I feel like my takes from these games, the, the basketball games that I got to watch over this weekend are concrete. Yeah, they're strong. Like, yeah. yeah, I watch, watch these them. games. Yeah, yeah. I know what's going on. Now we're getting into territory where I'll have seen bits and pieces, have to watch some highlights. Maybe I saw the first quarter and then I had to tune out for two quarters and I came back for the final five minutes mm-hmm. and I'm one of those fans. It's just, it changes. The game changes so heavily. <laughs> I have a feeling you won't be watching too much more of Nuggets T-Wolves I going actually forward. watched zero Nuggets T-Wolves. <laughs> I watched Succession. Yeah, there you go. I don't think yeah. there's much of a point even, to and, watch that And it series. was like, and the T-Wolves, I was kind of monitoring the score just to make sure and they went on an early run and it was kind of a close game yeah. early on and I went, uh, nah, I'm going to stick with the Roy family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stick with the Roy. Well, only got interesting the at power the end. Play yeah, yeah. I, exactly, it was far more interesting to me. There's truly, I, I realized it would take a real heavyweight matchup for me to not watch Succession right on target, right on time. Especially since I made fun of everybody who yeah, got now spoiled. You're, yeah, <laughs> now you're would, pretty committed. To yeah, because like real time. If, if I don't watch it and then someone spoils an episode, you're gonna me, be that's sour. A tough look. No, I won't be sour. I'll just have to eat it. That's my point. I'll have oh, to hide right, it. Right, because uh, your stance was the other side. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, saying if that, you don't watch it live, I'm saying that you should all be watching Succession. If you are a Succession fan, if you are this pot committed and you are watching the show at this point into the final season of one of the best television shows ever, the premier HBO show, mm. you should be watching it live and carving out the time. I'm sorry. I think I, that's right. I don't one think, hour on a weekend. I don't think anybody on a Sunday at nine o'clock is so busy that they can't figure out somewhere to get that in. Sure. You know, yeah, like Logan Roy could have gotten that in. <laughs> like he would, he watched the news at night. That's what he was always <laughs> Turns found out he's time a Sudoku to wa- guy too. Uh, that go. was a big reveal. Big reveal. <laughs> big, big reveal. See, did you just spoiled it? Didn't you give a spoiler? Res- <laughs> Sorry, alert podcast that, listeners. Uh, Simon says that <laughs> we only spoil it. things. Oh, here. okay. Um, all right. Actually, this is a good way to start things off. Is TV question? Mm. Okay. So before we get into some of the other sportsy things, yeah. Um, I don't really watch the shows that Simon watches because I'm a man <laughs> who is in his mid thirties. And for whatever reason, Simon is like always comes in here and wants to talk about what's your show. Love Island. Love, Love Island. Island. So I oh, assume you oh, watch Love is Blind. You are damn right. Yeah, I, do. No, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Does anybody else watch it? Nope. No, no. Okay. I saw what board. happened last night. Ten out of ten. Nice. That's some real. Hey, everybody gets to puff their chest out a little bit. It's a good like, season. I only watch Sons no of way. Anarchy. In it's the a good season. season. <laughs> it's like none of us have girlfriends. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> All of us single as hell, dog. I don't watch it, but she also doesn't text me back. Yeah, so. <laughs> All of us just out here, no <laughs> girls hanging out with us, making us watch shows. Bros. So cool, so sick. Sports alone, nice. <laughs> Except for Austin, who does have a girl, but so it's like I don't know what's she making you watch. Uh, we watched uh, Secret Life of Big Cats this weekend. It was a that fantastic sounds actually documentary. Pretty sweet. Yeah. That sounds pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. That is nice. Austin's a stats like he's an info guy, so he want you know he wants his infotainment. Docu series, right? like he wants he really yeah, well, he wants, needs his documentaries. Yeah, he does, dude. He is. I, I'm telling you, the amount if you could like crack him open and pour out all the information in a you would so get, many random oh, dude, facts there'd be and so stats. much in there to sift through. Yeah. You'd spend lifetimes <laughs> trying to get through all that's in there. Uh, okay, so what? happened with love is blind then because all i saw was that people were freaking out people were having a meltdown yeah so there was a love is blind like live event it was supposed to be the reunion that they were so this is a big show yeah it's huge it's probably netflix's like big i don't know like 
originally produced show no these days. Way. I think so. Really? Especially because it's like it's there. What's Love Island on? Love Island. Oh man, I mean, there's. There's okay, Love yeah, Island UK. Sorry, yeah, there's sorry, Love Island yeah, US. Don't, yeah. don't, don't, just yeah. don't. Love I think they're coming out with a Love Island All Stars soon. Yeah, so okay. yeah. yeah, there's a lot what of All Star. There's man? a lot What's of going on? I can't wait for Simon to genuinely not do the show one day because he's gonna be like, <laughs> I have to go to a Love Island party and I'm gonna be out too late to join the show. Anyway, so Love. So Love is blind. Love is blind. Uh, so yeah, they had a live event yesterday or yesterday they were supposed to have a live event and, and due to some sort of technical difficulty, it was just delayed and delayed and delayed. So all of a sudden, you know, there's the the sign on the Netflix thing that said like, you know, this is unavailable right now. Please check in on another show or whatever. And then that went into 15 minutes and then that went to a half hour and then it got to an hour and ultimately it got delayed so much that it was going head to head against succession. And then they just didn't do it live. Which and, that and the, actually is the right play. <laughs> yeah, they just I uh, like that play where they just decided to go, you know what? We're gonna take a knee here and let you guys watch succession. Just and not, first gonna give up. <laughs> okay, so I assume Love is Blind is just you can't see the person that you try to date. Correct. So you start <laughs> off in pause and this is where you fl- can't see each other and you talk and then you have to propose to someone sight unseen and then What do you mean propose? You you say, Will you marry me? Okay. And then and then there's the big reveal of you see each other. And then you go into the real world, and then it ends on the This makes me the sick. Weddings. I, that it's, honestly made really me good. feel sick. That's really good. Yeah, is it's really freak good. Freak shows in a box, <laughs> getting married without ever seeing yeah. each other. Cool, yeah. cool. You'll be surprised Lunacy. that a lot of the relationships don't actually last. I am shocked. Oh, who can see that coming? <laughs> I am truly I'm glad you were sitting down for that. I, just, I, I do love, though, that they take these freak shows, and they make them actually get married. Oh yeah, they go like once you see you, you gotta do it. Well, and so the big you thing gotta is like, go get legally married, go through all of this process to be on a television. Open your pockets, bud. I'm telling you right now, like I'm not. I know that this would get me tons of promo to be on the show. It's a huge show, right? If I was able to say, hey, I could be on the show and I could showcase my personality on this, get millions of people. There's no way I would do this. Zero mm. percent chance I would do this. Yeah, like, no, no way. I'm not even considering it. I'm just hanging up the no, phone. No, but you could do it. You're 22. You could recover. You could, this would actually be good for your career. Jobo. Well, no, it would. I'm tell, no, but if I, you came to me, I'm, say, I'm being honest here. If you came to me and you said, JD, I have a chance to be on Love is Blind. I keep wanting to say Love Actually. Which is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying Love Island. Yeah. I, well, it's hard. And then there's me. Love on the Spectrum, yeah. which is my show. That's the one that I like the most. Mm. Uh, the only one that I've actually seen out of all these dating shows. That that show is the best. The yeah, sincerity is. of some of those moments is like I get choked. It's very up. wholesome. See, this it's is very how wholesome. the shows get you, man. No, that show, their claws that show's just... different. That show's different. No. Soon you'll be watching Love Island, Temptation no, Island, F Boy Island. No. You'll be watching all of them. There was one where everybody was naked, and I yeah. was like, naked, I would, naked attraction. Would, what was no, it called? That one I didn't. That one I haven't dipped into. Yeah, but then they. But it's like, why would you ever watch it? It's blurred. Yeah, there's What's no the point. point. Yeah, you might, the whole point you might as well just watch Love's Blind. That's what I'm saying. It's, <laughs> if it was unblurred, then yeah, duh, I would obviously go check it out. It's not. <laughs> so what's the point? Uh, yeah, see a bunch of blurred figures moving around. This is dumb as hell. Uh, okay, so I would advise you to go on Love. You would advise Blind. me to go on 100 percent because you're 22 years old. So True. if you did get married to someone. Uh, you're at least young enough where this, this you can just this, write it off. People could say you're 22 years old. Yeah. If Simon, True. myself, as a party, like any of us do this, people are going, What's wrong with you? You're in your 30s and you <laughs> went on a show where you agreed to marry somebody. And you're like, Yeah, but it was for fun. But the connection we had in the pod. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, you would never recover from it. You, you just wouldn't. For you, it would be cool. All your friends would be celebrating the fact that you were on it, it would give you a lot of clout. 
True. I, yeah. Plus, I, you're I kind of geared for this, man. I feel like it, somebody could trick you into loving them in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> they could trick me into loving them? Yeah, I think... I think. No, some, I fully agree. I think uh, a, a lady with a hot enough voice talking to you for oh, five minutes would make you... Are you, you kidding me? 100%. Her husband. 100%. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it would yeah. even take five. So anyways, what's the deal with this? That's it. It's the pod show. People love it, and it was just delayed, and everybody and it was freaked delayed. out. Yeah, and everybody, everybody, and everybody was losing it. blew up the internet, and I just kept seeing it casually going, what's happening here? Simon will explain this to me on Monday on the podcast. Yeah. All and, right. And that's and that's it. So the big part of this show, right, is that like it leads up to the wedding day mm-hmm. and like half the people say oh like they God. do the whole like, do you take this woman? And half the people say, I do not. And like the per- people's family and friends are there and stuff. Oh, OK. So they are able to not. Oh, yeah. But they that, pretty that, has to be, that has to be staged. I love, no I love, though, that people are like, I do not. People are like, oh, yeah. all our friends and family are here for Dude, these strangers no, getting married. Yeah. It's yeah. not staged. People it's running out. That's brides the, running out. No, family that's, brothers challenging the grooms to fights. No, but that's the <laughs> that's this is where it does get silly and dumb because the whole uh, thing is silly and no, dumb. But I'd if, like to but if you were the father of a bride. Or any father, mother, whatever, any parent, sibling, anything. If your family member was at an altar with a stranger off the game show and you had the out (laughs) and you knew that it was better for the television that they not get married, you'd be sitting there going, you're obviously going to say no and get the pop for TV and fake fight the brother-in-law. Yeah, just go challenge someone. They say I do and you, you, it's Pulmonary embolism. Here the best <laughs> outcomes. The first person says I do, and then the second person says I hear that. No, that and I do not. No, but that that actually is a nightmare for you and your family if oh, you're yeah. part of the I do side of this. It's oh, like you're yeah. in the car ride home. And he's, he's in the tuxedo, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, so, so you really gonna do it, huh? You guys wanna go to Don's? <laughs> and you'd have to be like, oh, the production team was pretty heavily involved in the decision, and they told me what was gonna happen. I was in on it. I was in on it. That's a party line you gotta have for the rest of your life. I was in on it. It's like that super it. awkward silence yeah. after you like break a stick at your hockey game, and your dad's driving you home, and he's just looking at you, and you don't want to say anything because you're so embarrassed. Yeah, that's a crappy ride home too. Yeah, but yeah. that's a bad. Uh, one. I would say that trying to get married and. A stranger on uh, a public venue, Joe, is very, very <laughs> that, That's what just it reminded that, me of it. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, what's next? <laughs> uh, so let's do some rapid-fire NBA stuff because, yeah. yeah, it was a big uh, yeah, yeah. playoff weekend. So first off, I think the big story is a lot of injuries to guys. Uh, Giannis, back, Ja, yeah. Morant, hand, Tyler Hero broke a hand and then hit a three with a broken yeah. hand, which is pretty cool. Uh, any of those injuries, like change how you're feeling yeah, about everything. The, all yeah. of every <laughs> – yeah, every single one of them yeah. is a massive injury. Like, okay, so – it's, I, I find it, I kind of agree with the take out of the honest injury that a lot of people are having, which is maybe they're going to legislate out that charge, the Kyle Lowry. Which they, I think they got to. Yeah, but that, I, I really do think that if, okay, let's, if the Bucks lose that series and Giannis can't come back or the Bucks aren't the same and that materially changes who should be the favorite for NBA champions this year, mm-hmm. that's going to have a real legislative ripple effect yeah. to me about the game. Which, yeah, the points people are making are pretty good. I'll, I'll admit that when I'm playing hoops and if someone jumps underneath me, that's when I'll go full snap show. That's, oh, yeah. That's, that's when I'll freak oh, it's out. Incredibly it's undercutting dangerous. stuff. Yeah. It's brutal. And, incredibly and for some reason, you really don't think about it as much with charges. At least I haven't. And I, man, I love basketball. I've played my whole life. Both my parents are coaches. Like, mm-hmm. it's my first love of all sports. Yeah. Number one thing that I first started watching. And... The jumps underneath charge 
always did feel like something different to me. Like it was a smaller player and you were the one that was taking the risk, right? Because you're the one jumping in to take that charge. A lot of times it's, oh, here comes someone barreling down on me. There's a knee and then you see the way head. that Giannis got hurt and you go, oh, right. This yeah. does have that effect. Anyway, so I the way Giannis went off, I I just don't, back is, this sounds so stupid and obvious, but yeah, backs are tricky. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. the idea that he's just going to be at 120% a couple of days later seems a little odd, but also it is an important reminder that Giannis is not built like the rest of us where yeah. we sleep wrong and it's just, oh, your back has changed forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah. oh, you put your head on the pillow too fast and now you're next. Also, you're just, dizzy and yeah, you can't just, see. Yeah, exactly. You're just done. So his I'm the most optimistic about coming back from all of these I other guys. I think they said the x-rays came back the, clean and yeah. stuff. Oh, so yeah, we'll but see. that's, of course, he was no, no, going to have well, a broken yeah, back. Just, yeah. just the, the, but the team did say that they're going to they're going to see how he feels this morning and then yeah. just decide for Wednesday. Yeah, but the other two injuries, obviously, Tyler Heroes and, yeah, Jaws, gruesome. Yes. Jaws Jaw really landed yeah. on his hand. No, Jaw, was, there's no way Jaw isn't going to be affected by that for yeah. the rest of the series. And now they're already down a game and the Lakers look like they're kind of hitting a different stride. And that Grizzlies team has no front court depth, no bigs. right? It's just <laughs> no inside for LeBron and AD is just, it's available, right? Rui Hachimura is all of a sudden like, ah, I can do stuff in this Austin series. Reeves like, is hitting shots. Yeah, no, I, I just think that this was a weird nightmare season for the Grizzlies. And this is going to be a, like you're just doing a hard reset. It's yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. It's done. And I'm sorry, but yeah, John ja Morant is hurt. And without Jaw being able to be spectacular, I don't think they ever had a shot anyways. Not a shot. And, and yeah. so that series to me is done. Um, the other one, I, 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 I couldn't believe the heat showing. Mm. <laughs> I was really impressed by it. And Jimmy Butler Jimmy just... Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, man. I know. Playoffs. It's so crazy. He genuinely... Obviously, if he pulls this series off, Giannis or no Giannis, it's like, I, you know, I love having my awards or my statue or my, you know, like where I'll say, hey, it's the Jason Spezza award right. for yeah. the Blue Jay or the villain to hero. Yeah, the villain to hero <laughs> award or what could be the narrative redemption arc would could be end up being the Kikuchi award. Yeah. Like for just clutch player in any sport <laughs> who can just take it to a different level and go from, yeah, this guy's a good all-star to, oh yeah, this guy is LeBron essentially yeah, yeah. come postseason time. There's I, I can't, Play off Jimmy. There's not, there's not a ton of players that are quite like Jimmy Butler where no. you're just, you live in complete fear of them for this amount of time yeah. on this many pretty much mediocre teams, right? Yeah. Like the best team he played on was that Philly team yeah. that Toronto beat. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like that's the best team that he's ever had. It wasn't any of the Bulls teams. Definitely like, the most talented team he's ever had maybe. for sure. And anyways, I, I just yeah, he's spectacular. But to me, uh the the fun thing about the playoffs so far, I I need seven of Kings. Yeah. hundred percent. But so I was teasing this a little bit on on the actual radio portion of the podcast. That final couple minutes in the Kings Warriors game, mm -hmm. I kept going, who do I really want to win? Because mm -hmm. I've always liked the Kings. Yeah. And I've actually always liked the Warriors too. My uncle had seasons tickets to the Warriors when I was growing up. So every time we would go visit them, we'd be able to hit a, the odd Warriors game. I grew up with like a random amount of Golden State Warriors jerseys. And I'm like, the, did you have a Beadrinch? I never jersey? had a Beadrinch, but, but that was a Latvian huge moment legend. for, yeah, the Latvian community. Uh, obviously, that was a massive <laughs> one. But like I had Chris Mullins and I had Tim Hardaway and. Uh, what else did I have? Oh, I really loved Monte Ellis. Monte and, sure. So like I had his anyway. And then, but it was funny because they went from having the nicest uniforms ever, which are just like the dark blue and the, the dark gold. blue, the red yeah. and the gold. Yeah. 
And no, then they went to add that red and they did the ugliest thing, which was the guy oh, holding hated, the lightning the bolt. <laughs> yeah, of the course, lightning bolt. holding a lightning bolt guy, the Baron Davis yeah, jerseys. Bad. Those are all time horrific. Anyways, <laughs> I, but I've still always had an affinity for the Warriors and then became such front runners. Raptors played them in a playoff series. I don't feel it's, they've just changed. They've become, a, they've taken on a completely different yeah. thing, but there's potential for Steph Curry versus LeBron in the second round. Yeah, that is That's very the true. Only thing that is just not letting me, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm all, I was all in on like the beam. Yeah. I love Fox. I love Fox back to Kentucky when his team lost and he cried in he, the locker room. Heart, you can just tell his heart and, was broken. And Unreal I said, I'd take debut. that guy first overall because he's just the heart of a <laughs> he's champion. Got the passion. And man, I love Sabonis. Yep. I'm I'm a Malik Monk guy. I kind of like the idea of Harrison Barnes getting to stick it to his old team and him and Wiggins having the like who is the true Harrison Barnes? <laughs> who's like, the more yeah, Harrison yeah, Barnes yeah, guy? Who's yeah, more Barnes? There can only be one. You know, it's just it's I I love that. It's a great series. Steph was making some insane shots down yeah. the stretch too, where you're like, Oh my God, man. Like the one he made in the corner <laughs> where clay dr- almost dribbles at the clock and yeah. throws it to him one second. And he just catches it <laughs> falling away. He just drains it. And you go, yeah. it's insane that we've had this. Like, how are you real? So I'm torn between my love of the Kangs and my desire for LeBron. What does your versus gut tell Steph. you? LeBron versus Steph. I'm That's a big NBA. Gut. I've loved it my whole life league. And the idea of not ever getting the like to have those two guys. Well, in the and series. that could be the last time we ever see them in the playoffs against each other. I so. know. It's just that I, it just feels it's, so wrong because my Kangs and I just I, I love the Kangs. And you want to see them light the beam just because Fox is yeah. such a fun player to well, watch. Well, that and, building it was oh, packed. Was no, and dude, so into no, it. Those Sacramento and, fans are the real deal. Oh, if you yeah. remember back they to Arco that. Arena, they deserve that. That's again. I also grew up loving the Kings. I had a white chocolate jersey. I loved Bibby coming out of Arizona. Like and he went over there. Mm-hmm. I was a huge C Web guy for a little while, even though. Uh, yeah, uh, I also did have the Warriors affinity, and so people hated him from yeah. the Warriors standpoint. <laughs> yeah. he, Peja? Yeah. You like Peja? Of course, I love Peja. I like Vladi. Yeah. yeah, like, I no, I liked a lot of those Kings teams. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I used to root for them against the Lakers, and they yeah. represented the hope. Like, yeah, Brad Miller. Those jerseys like, were so clean, <laughs> the old ones. Yeah, so anyways, no, I like the Kings a lot. I've always yeah. been a Kings guy, even to the point where I never wanted them to move for, uh, yeah, Seattle to get a team. Like mm-hmm. I, I never wanted that. So anyway, um, I'm torn on the series. I'm going to be that way the entire time. I'm trying games, to enjoy though. it. Or, I'm sorry. I'm trying to enjoy just the, the right. full experience of it. But yes, I, I, think, I think deep down, I think deep down because dude, this is how I am with sports is I like when there's more people under the tent. That's why I've never understood the whole people hating bandwagoners thing where they get mad about bandwagon takes. I think I had that maybe when I was younger where I was like, Oh, the bandwagoners, bandwagoners when I, that's sports. what I kind of have right now. But that's just, where sports yeah. was such a hardcore part of my like identity. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You know, you have that phase in your life where you're like, Oh yeah, I'm a sports guy. <laughs> so I don't want the bandwagoners. I want the hardcore. The true, you the gatekeep real. everything. No, but now my favorite thing is when everybody's in on something. Yeah. And so the idea that we could do LeBron versus Steph on the pod and have everyone basically going, yeah, no, no, I'm following along. I want to, yeah. I want to know what your thought is on this. Even the most That's casual it. fans would be locked in on yeah, that. Yeah, because I know, I know if I do Minnesota Denver takes on my show, no one's. <laughs> gonna... Do you have any new Kyle Anderson takes? <laughs> no, I don't. After he tried to fight someone again at the end of the game, yeah, I, I thought Rudy Gobert was going for him again. <laughs> Started walking towards him. These nobody said bless you. Bless Thanks you. for that. Bless you. 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 
you know, sometimes it takes. That was basically a trust fall, and you guys let me. <laughs> just wasn't even a No, but I wasn't going to mention the sneeze because we, we have the cough button. So I was like, I'm not going to say anything. No. We're just going to keep rolling. Oh, it was you were such a pro. Yeah, huh? yeah you're exactly. just such a pro. You I have know. a lot of years yeah, of experience okay, here, yeah. Jay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's keep it moving. Two qu- two quick last NBA things. Okay, like yeah. the beam, the gimmick. You're a fan. Oh yeah, huge fan. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Are you worried that other teams are going to try to copy yes. it? I was just going. I was just going to say that the only downside of light the beam is that. There will come a day where it has to go, but they will never retire it too soon. Mm. It will always be something that... We'll see your hero become a villain as you yeah, just... Yeah, it'll just... Aww. One day, it won't be the right guys connected to it, and it just won't work. Although, I will say that it, it kind of does feel like one that could be eternal for a very long time. Like, light the beam. I hope so. It's hilarious. Just, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It, I just... Yeah. I don't want, like, the Charlotte Hornets to have some dumb thing where they put no, up, like, a spotlight to. when they win. No, no, and, but like, that's the... They're gonna... They're gonna, what are you talking about? Pretty soon every team is a beam. Yeah. No, no, no. Just, they're, they're, everybody's going to do a thing like this. A different this. form of light? No, they're, they're gonna, <laughs> yeah, they're going to do stuff like this. Everybody's like going to do it. It's, it's, it's awful. I will say, though, yeah, again, in terms of things, like a lot of this stuff usually is very temporary. Like my biggest go-to with this is when the Jays in 2015 had What a Feeling, mm. and mm. then they brought it into 2016, and you went, nah, it's lame now. That was last year. <laughs> yeah. That was that. That was this moment in time and now you tried to make it like, oh, let's keep doing the thing we do. And you're at regular season games, and they would play it every single game yeah. during 2016. You go, this is really cringe now. I don't think the beam is going to become that because it's just like the beam. Yeah. It's just a fun thing. Well, like, I, hey, I do remember. Won. Raise the flag. Like the beam. You know, uh, it just it works. At the beginning of the year, like when they first put it in, like a lot of the comments are like, oh, they're not going to be lighting that very often, stuff like that. And they ended up winning like. 46 games yeah, going it. to the playoffs, three seed. No, but that's, why, like, oh but that's why it made it even yeah. sweeter is well, because the there was low the expectations like and they were really, really good. Yeah. And, they've, yeah, and everyone starts rooting for the downtrodden franchise yeah. like that uh, when, yeah. when they first have their climb well, back th- up. Their fans deserve that. Like Their yeah. fans deserve a run. And yeah, it's not exactly a market where people want to dunk on them, right? It's not Boston. Like if the Celtics had been banned for a really long oh. time, they started being good and they had their own light the beam, no one would be like, yes, in other yeah, markets. No. You know, Kings is a different thing. Uh, so yeah, people are going to copy it. It'll be interesting to see who does what first, but whatever does get done will be lame as It'll hell. It'll be worse. Yeah, it yeah. will be. Uh, the last NBA thing, Austin Reeves, uh, we kind of mentioned this, mm-hmm. big in game one, 23 points. I think it was 14 in the yeah. fourth quarter, and he had yeah. that moment where he hit that cool little floater and yelled, I'm him. Yeah. Have you ever had an I'm him moment in your sports playing <laughs> career? Of course. Of course. Of course I've had I'm him moments. <laughs> Actually, my favorite, one of my favorite ones ever for me, ever with an I'm him yeah, a couple. I think that you were your, you know, you grow up, you play a ton of sports. You just have those ones that you cherish the most. But I remember I played my dad's high school one year mm. and like he was the, uh, he was a teacher at it. He was a VP actually for a little while there. He was vice principal and I went and played his school and I had definitely over 30 points, but I also hit a buzzer beater to win the game in the gym. And it was like almost from half court. Oh and my it goodness. was definitely a chuck, like, but it was like out of a timeout. I got the ball, I dribbled like two dribbles down the sideline, like pumped a long three and it, I'm pretty sure banking in, it went banking in because I remember the guy trying to defend me, like doing the full eye roll, like, oh, lame. (laughs) But for me, I was like, first of all, I scored like all of our team's points in this game and it was, oh, this was the coolest thing about it. The reason why it was such a great, it was a day game where we got to go play their school. So like their whole school was watching uh, the game. It's one of those. It was, it was yeah. like a during the day tournament. Yeah, it was like a during the day game where like the whole school actually fills in because Canada basketball, listen, let's be real here. When you play your night games, there's like 
maybe 40 people watching. You're not setting attendance records, yeah, that's e- for sure. Exactly. Like, there's not that many people watching. It's a lot of parents, but not a lot of For my high school, it was always the first game was, like, really busy, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then after and that, then after just, that Exactly. Yeah. So it's a Peter Allen. Some people come in, do whatever. But no, ultimately, this was a day game where it was like the gym was packed, and yeah, I scored a ton of points. People down. were leaving class to come watch. Yes, and, <laughs> and I cooked their school, and yeah, I hit a ton of threes. I remember I hit, like, six or seven threes, all from, like, the same area of the floor. You're going to jersey up there. Yeah, no, it was a really <laughs> sick game where it was just, like, I was hitting my step back, like, Simon knows my step back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right to left, step back, and I was just drilling it over and over and over <laughs> again, and then I hit the buzzer beater walk off. So that's like definitely my number one I'm him story. The Austin Reeves thing is fascinating, but I can't believe you guys didn't do Russell Westbrook almost getting into it with fan. We're in like the oh, fan. Yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. like Russ at the end of the game, he there was a fan that was like sitting on a couch. It was it was a weird little area there where like Russ is walking yeah, through it was like and then the suites or yeah, something. It was, was, that guy must have been rich. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I this, don't know where that where that was, but okay, so Russ almost gets into a fan, and there's there's two things that are my favorite thing about this video. Like Russ is completely unhinged with this stuff at this point. Like, and first of all, there's a kid that's sitting right there. There's a kid sitting on the chair. And like, unless that fan said something horrific, 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 horrific about like Russell Westbrook's family. Yeah. Then it's just, it's just insane behavior by Westbrook to be doing this stuff and to be doing it in front of a kid is just like the threat of violence in front of a child. And Russ is saying, watch your mouth and not so behavior. But I do love that that guy who is max half the size of Russell Westbrook, (laughs) who would get, what do you, so I, me and Hayes, actually, we have a game we call poison chamber and it's like, how long would, if you put two people into a little box, like with not a lot of room, it's usually a broadcast, like a booth, telephone booth? because this started with broadcast booths with like the play by play guy and uh, the analyst. Okay. Right. So it would always be funny. Like if Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson were put into <laughs> a booth and it said, it's going to fill with poison until one of you is dead. How long would Kevin Burkhart survive? <laughs> So that is the game Poison Booth, okay? And poison so, Booth. Yes. If Russell Westbrook and that guy were in Poison Booth together, <laughs> I think Russ would kill him in maybe 13 <laughs> seconds max. I think that guy survives. It might even be less. It, honestly, it might even just be like three seconds. 16 for every you shot know, he it's, missed. It's like thir- the over-under is 13 and a half, like seconds. That's how long that guy has to live. He's so dead. The, the, the poison doesn't even get up to, you know. Like, like the knees. Sneakers, yeah. So... I love that he stood up, but the part that I hated because it gave me PTSD is as Westbrook's leaving. Do you have the audio, Austin? Of Russ yeah. yelling at the fan? No, no, no. Of Yeah, yeah. Like of that whole exchange anywhere? I do not, but I can get it once yeah, yeah. I try, try to get it. If you don't get it, it's fine because I'm just going to say. So after it happens, there's some guy that is totally a kiss ass to Westbrook, which is the worst where he's like, yeah, Russ, you're the man, Russ. <laughs> and then there's this lady that's like. West brick <laughs> and yeah, she yells it the best part as the he's almost gone and all oh, I he's could, like down the tunnel already yes. he's gone and all i could think of was him turning around and coming back in because he's not going to hit the lady yeah but there's going to be a guy there <laughs> that's going to have to go like oh no 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 and he's going to get <laughs> filled in and this is one of life's worst experiences and i have had it happen to me where you're in a confrontation with another group or another person. Right. And then, like, somebody in your group, a Does lady friend dumb. in your group. No, a lady friend in your group starts to get, like, way too aggressive oh, okay. with the trash talk. And it's like, you're not going to fight. <laughs> yeah. We are going to fight. You're going to get us killed. We are going to lose. It happened to me in first year of university where I was out at a pub 
and fake ID. Like I was 18 years old. I was about to say, first year out of the pub? Dude, I was out of pub, fake ID for sure. And we were out there with what felt at the time probably like the most grown men. And they were probably like 24. (laughs) But yeah, uh, these guys at the bar, same thing. Like we kind of got into it. It was a little bit of nothing. And there was one girl in our group that would not shut up and was like yelling at them and calling them all the worst names. And then they came back at us, and then it ended up being a fight, and it was like, we lost. (laughs) (laughs) You guys got filled in because they were... (laughs) Yes, 100%. Like, cut our heads boxed in by these older, stronger fellas. And it was all because this one girl yelling. And everyone's experienced that. Like, you guys know how had that? Like, I don't know about you, Joe, but like, yeah. There's always like that one girl who's like, talks way more trash and like, has the, just completely emboldened to be like, here I am. I'm saying this now. (laughs) Sassy this. Well, you're just like standing there, like trying to avoid eye contact with the other group. And 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 you're just like, shut up. And and there's just nothing you can do in that situation other than prepare to die. (laughs) No, literally. (laughs) Just prepare to fight or... Yeah, just you, you just it? gotta wear it at that point. You get it? No? All good. Whatever. If you get it, we're trying to bleep out the he, he swears in it, so we gotta bleep out the swear. Oh, makes sense. Uh, just surprise some Bleep sensory. it in post. Just bleep it. We gotta, fix it in post. Fix it yeah, in post. Fix it in post. It's a bleep out the swear. Fine, JD. You Which get is, what you want here. What's the swear? Take it like a man. I love that. See that little dude standing up, take it like a man. I love that. Talk about it, be about it. Talk about it, be about it. Love that. People are just involved. Yeah, see? That, that last brick. See, she did it. Like, right as the situation, that's always the way it is with that lady. You know? Yeah. Situation's cool. Whoever that girl is, <laughs> the situation's just like, all right, it's we're coming down. Like, it's reached its com- detente, and then yeah. she has to be like, you're this. Well, as soon as the guy says, ta- like, talk yeah. about it, be about it, Russ is already halfway down the tunnel. I know. I like, know. he's already back turned. He's gone. Yeah. And then, like, three seconds later. So, to any of our female listeners it. on the show, I would just say, please don't do that to us. <laughs> you know? None of my friends are listening to yeah, me. Yeah, please don't, please don't do that to us <laughs> if you ever presented with the situation. Because, yeah, there's nothing worse than getting clobbered over one of those. Especially <laughs> there's when you nothing know, we can do. Especially when you know the other guy is a Westbrook where he's going to just clean your clock and you have no shot. It's like, my boyfriend will do this. You're like, no. <laughs> that is the worst feeling going into a fight, being like, how badly yeah. am I going to lose? Well, because, but, you, but also, you have to do that. You have oh, to yeah. defend the girl that you're yeah. with. And it, it can be your female friend, whatever. It's just like, it, it, there's going to be the situation where you have to step up and you have to be the one who gets absolutely cold cocked. So, yeah, yeah no, not a great feeling. I don't know. Anyway, uh, what's next? So over the weekend, there was a story that went viral from uh, the Oakland Almeida County Coliseum about a possum that invaded the visiting announcing booth. So the Mets were in town over the weekend, and obviously Gary Cohn and Ron Darling got booted out of that booth Mm -hmm. and had to go in a booth that was blocked by a pole because they like the possum's business was in the other booth and they, apparently like the employees have tried to set traps. They have when not been able to catch business, it. business, do you mean it's crap? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, like it's crap. Like, like it's home. There's little, like, there's like food in everywhere. Business. He had his little establishment <laughs> set up down the road. I was like, what's happening here? Yeah. He's running a team up Paws, there. It's possum had a house and then he also had a business and they're in separate locations. <laughs> well, I said possum's side. business yeah. to be, you know, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's unrelated. So they got booted out of there and had to, and so now visiting announcers have to go into a different booth and like, yeah, how much longer do the A's have in Oakland, do you think? I hope forever because I love the Oakland A's. And yeah, so it's like if you want to talk about all time uniforms across any sport, Oakland absolutely. I have has a Chapman it. one. I have and a Chapman green one. This is going to probably get me into uh, a little bit of heat from Blue Jays fans, but like Tigers were in town. I'm at that game and you're sitting there and you're looking at Tigers fans' gear and that stuff's eternal. Like you can be in a business suit wearing a, like the. The What's D the hat? English font? Is that old, old English? Gothic yeah, yeah. or whatever it's called. Yeah. And that D hat, and it just looks so clean yeah. and crisp. And there's something about those like classic uniforms 
that have has the, the orange trim too. No, but that's like, what I'm there's, like a, there's a certain blue. there's a certain amount of like uniforms across sports that you can just yeah. wear and it just goes and it's fine. And Blue Jay stuff is just not that. There's like always going to be like a little bit of a childish element to Blue Jay's gear. It just is what it is. It's like either True. you go with like the baby blue stuff or you go with, like mm-hmm. it's just it's not it doesn't have like that it, even the retro look it looks nice. I'm saying yeah. like I have a lot of Blue Jay stuff. Yeah, and there's even like a World Series champion T-shirt that's a mm-hmm. vintage retro shirt that's at the team shop right now that I'm definitely gonna end up buying because it's nice. Yeah, but Jay's gear doesn't have the same like wow that really just you would love to be able to wear that hat. I would the agree. Same way as but Oakland's uniform and their hat. That's yeah, like an yeah. all-time wow, and multiple uniform like or multiple like even silos. The elephant is sick. Like yeah. A's are so so nice, and yeah, Oakland. The idea that they would lose another team after losing the Raiders. Like I'm like in the Marshawn Lynch camp where it's like where he said y'all lost the Warriors, <laughs> then y'all lost the Raiders. Let's not lose the A's. That's yeah. how I feel about it too. And so they do yeah. need to build a new stadium though. Uh, ke- they yeah, can. they got to build a new stadium, and that's sad. Um, especially since it's just to me. I love that you're like the team's staff had set out various traps, but the possums lose. It's like, where's the exterminator? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. That's the thing. They don't Go, have a budget. Every no, article saying, I've yeah. read on it, <laughs> like, it's like the team's staff is trying to catch it and they just haven't been able no, no, to. But, and I'm but like, this is, this is a tough one. All right. I'm just going to say it. Mm. But, just kill it <laughs> because this is the thing because it's public. They have to like trap it and release it out in the wild or whatever, but it's yeah. like, that's right. There will be a follow up oh, story. That, yeah, that, yeah, but you they... can't just kill this cat. The, uh, well, so, so cat. cat. <laughs> well, no, but dude, you know how many, <laughs> you make feral cats are in stadiums. Oh, dude, you know how many possums are in the Oakland Stadium? They have a problem with it. <laughs> you think all those uh, little kitties, the, the Oakland, the, the Ace Coliseum, like they have a problem with possums. There's been like, Several yeah. spotted in the last so bunch of years. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's <laughs> <laughs> like it's a possum. Have you ever seen a possum up close? It's like oh, dude, it's a death machine. Dude, that, even don't that even picture like it. of it like cruising out of the top of the yeah. booth. I was like, and there was your kill shot, and you blew it because you were trying to. <laughs> I, I, I love the one shot though because they have the cameraman still yeah. up there to get the best shot. So it's the cameraman just filming, and you see the possum just roaming I, around man. in the background. Oh my god, poor just, guy. Yeah. But also, it must stink in there. That's why they don't do the games from there I, anymore. Well, that and also, could you imagine the, the hilarity if, and also fear of the broadcaster that's like, and swinging a, oh my God, there's a <laughs> creature emerging from the ceiling. Like, well, no, so according to the Mets broadcast, apparently yeah. they, the possum is not invading the actual broadcast. He's just doing his thing. I love that. That's a nice <laughs> stance from the stadium. They're like, uh, yeah, no, it's not that bad of a possum situation. It just stinks like possum poo yeah, everywhere. It's just a possum pee. taking over a room. If you don't mind the horrific stench of possum poo and pee. <laughs> it's really not that bad. If you really don't mind the smell of mostly nature. Fine. Yeah, it's okay, just nature, what's next? fellas. So a man from uh, China went viral for mm-hmm. carrying around a portable sofa mm-hmm. to put on trains because he was tired of not getting a seat. Uh, so he got an agreement with the uh, the Hangzhou Metro that he rides every day from the office mm-hmm. to home um, to carry around the sofa, which he got a, des- a designer to create to have backpack straps. So he carries around the story. sofa this like a the backpack. Lamest, this is the lamest thing. He carries then, it around and pops it out yes. on the train. Yeah, pops what it on the loser. train, pops it on dork. the... Yeah, anywhere. Anywhere he has uh, to Could you sit? imagine being on the train? And, like, if you see this on the train, first of all, you're already on the train. All you want, listen, as a, a daily rider of the train, here's what I want. No nuisance. Yeah. <laughs> I want to stand yeah, with right. enough I want, space, yeah. and I want to look around and not think, I hate this person, yes, exactly. which happens way too exactly. often. Exactly. All well, you're I, giant, Simon, in people's defense. <laughs> no, buddy, when you're on the train every day, it, it's, first of all, you're entering it during your commute. 
you're often tired, mm-hmm. and all you want is just like your threshold to hate someone. Oh my god, is nothing. <laughs> it's a little tiny piece of string frayed yeah. down the middle, holding on anything, by a thread. Anything someone does, like man, things. I see someone on the train and it's halfway busy and they have a bag on their seat. Oh my God. I want to snap it. I have murder fantasies. And you just stand there for the whole train yeah. ride thinking like this. I hate you. Oh my yeah, God. I hate your guts. Th- this guy what did kind s- of person do you? I hope that something bad happens to you today. Like <laughs> someone gets on with too much perfume. Someone that yeah, wears their yeah, back, a sure. huge Someone's backpack and doesn't something put it yeah, like, like, And you're just like, oh. There's so many things that are just like tiny little details that non-daily commuters are always like, what's the problem with that? And you're like, shut <laughs> up. You don't know anything. So the people that wrote this story that are like, and it's so cute. He brings his little couch on the thing. <laughs> I would 1,000% want see that. And just immediately be like, I am want to smash this up. Dude, I'm going to smash small whatever this either. is. It's huge. No, this guy, this guy sucks. <laughs> this guy is nominated for world's worst person. World's worst person. Jail, no chance of parole. Yeah. The, the one thing you he did suck. agree to with the metro system Dude, is that he was going to ride. Like it's yeah. jammed up. Yeah, like, you're not yeah, getting well, on that metro the there. Thing is that it's fun. He, he agreed that he was going to ride in like off peak hours. He agreed. You know what? Appa- apparently, no. According to the report, I hate this guy. Anyways, <laughs> he's got to go. The nuisance. If you're a nuisance <laughs> on the train, you absolutely have to go. No, I agree. And if you're yeah, putting your bag jail. on a seat, jail. I, I'm yeah, I'm Fred Armisen here. Where it's like seat on a chair, jail. jail. Eating <laughs> eating food during peak hours too close to someone, jail. Yeah, like wearing too much perfume, jail. Uh, jail. Yeah, it just there's so many things. Uh, backpack on not putting taking it off oh. during peak hours and putting it in front of you and putting it on the floor bringing jail. a couch on the train yeah oh, jail execution <laughs> yeah yeah no jail uh, solitary confinement on moon jail anyway all right what's next i love the obj one let's do that yeah the, so obj claims that he's mm-hmm. always been an underdog mm-hmm. Uh, it was an immediate availability over the weekend. So, by the way, he was, like, all-state receiver in high school. Yep. He was picked 12th overall, standout athlete in multiple sports. LSU is ridiculous. Rookie four-star season, ridiculous. Recruit. Four-star recruit. And, like, this might be the only time in his career so mm-hmm. far that you could even consider him an underdog. But when you look at the contract, well, it's like, got like is he really? Exactly. No. Um, okay, so I don't know Odell's, like, upbringing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to, like... I, I don't want to comment on that because I know no, he grew no, up in but Baton Rouge, but sure. I don't know the details. Well, I don't know. It, but yeah, sure. Exactly. He like, I grew up, know where he grew up. Yeah. But does no Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I've, I've never heard horrific stories of his upbringing, mm-hmm. which happens with some athletes where you're like, yeah, like Jimmy Butler, for example. It's like, yeah, Jimmy Butler's life yeah. is the, yeah, sad as hell. He was faxing documents good. from McDonald's. Dude, like, yeah, he's th- had a really, really tough life. Yeah. Odell's not famously a uh, horrific life. This is just your classic hilarity with athletes where they need to have a chip on their something. shoulder. They need to have something. And it's like, despite the millions of dollars, despite the fame, despite the success, no matter what, mm-hmm. like anybody who's any critical of them, they're like, I knew I'm an underdog. Nobody believes in me. It's like, uh, actually, no, you're getting all of this money. You're on the cover of video games. You're one of the faces of the league. You're yeah. sitting courtside at the NBA All-Star you game. You have like the most yeah. viral yeah. moment in NFL history. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're the furthest thing for an underdog. The, the way that when this really ended... The underdog story was when the Patriots and Tom Brady and when they won their last Super Bowl Mm -hmm. in New England, when the whole way there, they were like, we're underdogs, we're underdogs. (laughs) Just this is just this is nothing new with athletes. It's just hilarious that these guys. Uh, Travis Kelsey did it, too, after the Chiefs won. He said, like, you all doubted us. That's that's what I mean is that's what that's the thing. These guys need to have that motivation. They need it there Mm -hmm. as added fuel to whatever monotony they have in their lives of just being overly celebrated. They can turn that stuff into it. Mm -hmm. It's why people do fear 
the stuff like bulletin board material with media and fans or whatever and why people get so upset about it because they actually think that it has a tangible effect on what happens with these guys. But the the actuality is we could do, like, let this be known for Leaf fans with the Tampa stuff because I'm going to get more into my preview tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We could all do nothing with Tampa Bay. We could all sit here every single day and go, Tampa's so good, Tampa's so great, Tampa's probably going to win, Tampa's going to probably win. They would still find a thing where it was like, someone said we were good, not great. And that would be the thing that they're trying to put out there and that they would say really affected them. Like, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, like, this is the ultimate example of what you say does not matter yeah. to these athletes because they will always find something. Odell Beckham Jr., who just signed a $15 million contract, is one of the most famous athletes yeah. on planet Earth. Who's who been, like, has all always state. been, a, he's not an undrafted free agent. Nope, 12th overall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like you mentioned, a four-star recruit, all of these different things. He's amazing at a million different sports because yeah. he's an incredible athlete. He's good-looking Basketball, guy. Basketball, track, like, soccer, what, what, football. What has been, yeah, played like, everything. Super attractive guy. Like, yeah. no shot. There's <laughs> been, he's life on easy mode in a lot of different ways, and he still feels like... He was an like, all-state receiver at, like, 15. Yeah, like, he looks at... <laughs> Yeah, the bum <laughs> on a subway and him, and he's like, we're both just out here grinding, you and me, trying man. to make it happen. Just two guys like, tough, on our lu- <laughs> tough Bro, down on our luck. <laughs> like, you are a model who's yeah. good at every single sport. He sees, Jim, he sees Jim Abbott, and he's just like, we are the same, <laughs> you and I, Jim Abbott. <laughs> like, whatever. Anyway, so what's next? Uh, so Gilbert Arenas had a wild take mm-hmm. on the weekend uh, on Gil's Arena, and he t- was talking about how home court advantage in the playoffs – should be make it and or sorry take it and you make it so you have if you're the home court team you have home court until you lose it yeah it's and insane. then you go to obviously logistically it would never work but like theoretically what do you think about theoretically it's sick yeah that's what I'm saying yeah it'd be, it'd be pretty King's awesome court. that's the coolest idea that you could possibly have mm-hmm. uh, like yeah theoretically if the gyms were next door to one another yeah. that would be great <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gil with it, the idea of having to transport these people back and forth and just have the schedules of and this planning out everything. and also the fact that those arenas are not just occupied for professional sports just teams that, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's completely unhinged but yes the idea of it I guess is yeah. what is ultimately this is a Hooper's idea like yeah, this sure. is a guy who's just going hey this is how basketball is played is you score you get the ball yeah. Yeah. you win you, you keep win, the you court stay. Yeah. so well, it, it, it leads me to the next question of like, is there anything about the NBA playoff system that you would change? You know what? I Like anything I that comes always, to your mind. What would you do? Something? I, the idea that I always kind of liked was like, if you win the first seed in the conference, you pick your opponent. Yeah, of course. I but love that. I love that too. And every fan loves that. The only thing is, is that, yeah, for whatever reason, it's just the risk of doing that is for so, sure. well, especially if you got to think about too, the general manager, the owner, the heat that you would take if you were the favorite and you lose. Well, you want to talk about bulletin board material. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm the higher seed picks yeah. you and, and you beat them. Right. And so <laughs> it, it would be, it would make for incredible television. Yeah. It would add so much to the stakes. I think maybe someday it actually does happen because again, it's only going to get more and more competitive to watch sports and live yeah. events. And so they're going to continuously have to reinvent things just like they're going to have and, to ramp up the entertainment. And that's the thing with baseball. If baseball really does see a resurgence in numbers and yeah, it's weird though with baseball right now. Cause it's so much shorter. I keep thinking about the advertising dollars. Like you have less commercials to mm. sell. So mm. are they more expensive and more ads, but whatever. Anyway, that all aside, I don't think there's anything in particular. Like, I really didn't think I would like the playing games, and then they were actually pretty sweet, and yeah. I really did enjoy them. One and, and done went, basketball. Eh, yeah. I mean, and, it, and it's also like, Grange pointed this out on Twitter actually the other day where he went, yeah, it actually is so perfectly done in terms of the tiers of fairness that yeah. happen from finishing between the seven and the 10 seed. Yeah. yeah. From being like, you get to host two home games to, at worst, to 
you have to go on the road and win twice. Yeah. Right. It's just the, the way that it goes down from seven to 10 is a really nice system. Yeah. And a common one I've seen is uh like, there's no conferences. It's just like one against 16, right. two against yeah. 15, three against 14. Can I tell you something though? I really don't want it for hockey because mm. I, okay. Here's the thing with hockey. It's such a slog already. The regular season, it's so hard to get through it yeah. and making the playoffs is supposed to like, that's why they need to change the playoff format again, because it, again, we were locked into some of these and it was so boring for so much <laughs> of the year, but hockey, there is too much like bad bounce stuff in it or team gets hot at the right time thing. Mm-hmm. Like basketball kind of works because the seven through 10 seeds, the idea that they're going to beat whoever they face yeah. in the first round is already so unlikely yeah. that it's like, cool, you actually get some added bonus games yeah. where you can talk about growth and there's some implication mm-hmm. and there's a good fun do or die game in your arena. That's great. Mm-hmm. With hockey, you saw it with Montreal. Yeah, You saw it when, you, you know, Columbus, whatever. Uh, these bad teams, when they had those playing games, they have a legitimate shot to win over these short series. Yeah. And I don't think what hockey needs is more bad teams having the potential to just get hot go at the right runs. time and then right. go on runs and eliminate good you teams. You should have to earn the eight yeah, seed. That's, that's what I'm saying. I just, I don't like it. I think it's too random already that even a bunch of this, like the Leafs Tampa series, so much of what pisses me off about this is, yeah, the Leafs are the better team. And I think that they're better in a lot of different ways everywhere, except for potentially the goaltending. But even that is not a guaranteed that Vasilevsky outplays Samsonov this time around. Mm-hmm. What a lot of this does come down to is the game is so random that the Leafs could lose some games on a couple of random bad bounces. And that's yeah. just hockey. That's the sport that your whole season can come down to some bad puck luck. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I don't want more teams involved. I actually think that the Stanley cup playoffs are perfect in terms of the amount of teams. They just need to figure out the format differently. But with the NA with the NBA, I, I do like this format. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I do wish actually, like if I could change anything, I'd be like, just make even more advantages for the better teams mm. early on. Like, yeah, just make, figure out whatever the hell that is and give them more advantage because I don't, uh, I, I don't like upsets in some of these pro sports as much as <laughs> people Which like them in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Just because again, it's the same thought process that I have with the Kings and the Warriors thing is like, I ultimately, to me, you should build your product so that the end of it is the best result. Okay, best against that the you best. You get the best two teams. Yes. That that's the representation of it. That. That's why football has it really well done right now with their regular season where it's like they give such a huge advantage now to the one seed in each conference where mm-hmm. they're the only ones that get the buy and then home field advantage the whole way. That's mm, a sick yeah. reward. So I like the rewarding of the teams that that get it done the one and I not saw, rewarding teams that are down in the Another plains. one I saw floating around was that um, some people are saying, like, give the home team uh, three home games in a row. So you have a chance to go up three, nothing at home. And then it's, so it's three, two, and then one and one. Yeah. Like I said, I, I would be totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, you guys want to do one more. What else we got? Uh, Air New Zealand putting no, in out on bunk this. backs. Skip. Bunk don't beds. care. Don't, don't care. care eh? No, out, out. Yeah. Airplane bunk beds. Do not care. You I'll never care. Use, yeah. Cause I'll never use it. I, I was, was going to ask if like, you're ever going to use no, it. No, <laughs> no. Like that's it. Like I'll never ever get on a plane and go like, yeah, first of all, I already get anxiety when I'm on a flight in terms of not being in control. And feeling like I'm trapped. So right. the idea of like getting into a cattle style. With five other bed, random people. Yeah, buddy. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. no, this is insane. That was my whole question is, you're going to do it. No. So clearly next. no. <laughs> uh, New York City restaurants opening and charging 29 bucks for a hot dog. Yep. Seems a little st- steep. Well, especially since like the whole thing about America is that you can just go get cheap garbage food everywhere like all the on time. on the street. Also, yeah. the best version of a hot dog ever Why is, is $29. Street ever. I don't know. Yeah. Is it some bougie New York restaurant? I mean, who knows? But do you have any like sporting event <laughs> food that you get that you like? even though you know it's way too expensive that you got to get like yeah, as I mean, part of your it. ritual. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will say this, there's definitely different levels and tiers of bargain eating at stadiums. Mm-hmm. 
And to me, it's like, I, I would say that the number one thing that I have to do that I know is that where I feel the most ripped off like that isn't in a, a stadium. It's at the movies oh, when you pay for one. extra butter on popcorn. Yeah. That is the like most, the real yeah, butter too. That's yeah, that, that is the most like, okay, so you're going to charge me $14 or whatever for this large popcorn that cost you literally nothing to make. You're going to charge me $68 to and eat And then it's going to cost me an extra like $3 <laughs> for, for the you to one do like that makes one or good. two pumps for the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the, the raison d'etre of the popcorn, you're going to sit there, look me dead in the eyes and go like, it's $14 for this bag of popped corn. Would you like the thing that makes it good for more money? <laughs> the audacity. So of you that. don't just want dry popcorn. Yeah, that's what I mean. Interesting. The, the audacity of that is just it's and you, like I said, I do it every single time. Got it. There's no chance I wouldn't. Yeah. I love movie theater popcorn. Yeah. It's I've gone to so many movies just because I'm like, mm, I could really go for a large coke and a movie theater popcorn tonight. Mm. Like, yeah, sure, I'll see Wonder Woman. <laughs> you know, like, I'm sitting there like could not care less about anything. Like that. Yeah, she's superhero. She's strong. She's gonna win the war. All right, got it. Yeah, she's gonna <laughs> kick everyone's ass. Oh, sick. Oh, oh, she looks like she's really down and out right now. Oh, wait. I wonder she, if she'll come back. Yeah, she, she found a way to win. Huh? I wonder if wow. she'll win in her own movie Who that she's thunk? on the poster of. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thunk it? She would be the hero at the end of the day. Um, yeah, so I've de- like that's that's the most I feel ripped off. Because like if you're going to a stadium, like the one thing I love about the Blue Jays is like you shouldn't have an excuse because you can bring food in. Mm-hmm. And so if you bring your if you're hungry, bring your food in. If you plan ahead. Um, I would say at any stadium, the only thing that I find to be the dumbest purchase is when people go pizza, when people go pizza and it's not like a luxury brand pizza, I'm, I'm always very confused by that move where I go, man, they're literally going to give you a free one of those. If we win tonight, (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing? Just get something else. Just go get it anywhere. So you paying for it. It's not like they you know, zhuzh it up a little bit. It's like, it's the same trash. So it's just I pizza. Yeah. I just, I, that one to me, <laughs> I don't pizza. get, I don't get that to me. I am a believer of if you're traveling and you're going to different stadiums to try one of their like yes. signature, try, food try the yes. signatures yeah. Yeah. Yes. To, tr- to go out and not just get the normal thing. I actually got into this a little bit with uh, my family or with my brother mm. uh, at the last game we went to where in Toronto, no, uh, in a different city. And mm. he just, he went and got like the, cause I think a lot of people just get chicken tenders and fries. That's mm. a pretty like classic stadium. Uh, true. And I went, yeah, all right. But that's the same everywhere. So why don't you come get this? Like, you know, why don't we try this? And it's weird because it's kind of like being at an airport. Like I remember I was in Chicago's airport once and it was like, Dude, we, had, we got deep dish. And I was like, yeah, I'm in Chicago. We got some deep dish, you know, you're an idiot. It's this is so not good. the real deal. You get a little box in an airport. So it's the same thing with a stadium where it's like, if you go to Memphis, you're not getting real Memphis barbecue at the stadium. You're getting some offshoot version yeah. of it. That's, but, but there's a little bit of something to it. Yeah. Like as you're with me on this, like where it's like, yeah, there, there's, it, it's a, it, you feel better. Like you immerse yourself in the experience. Like you're going whole hog and I'm a, I'm a, like a go full bore guy when it comes <laughs> to the stadium experience when I'm somewhere else. Like I will eat the other food in the stadium. I, I won't just yeah. be like, I'm getting just the normal hot dog. Chicken and tenders. The, yeah. Yeah. The chicken tenders. I always get the other thing. That's the even, poutine dog now. Even for... if sometimes I will see someone enjoying the chicken tenders as I'm eating the fancier food at the stadium and going like, damn, those look really good. I would love yeah. to have. Can I, I mean, the tendies is a can't Can I That's trade the thing. you one of my items? And like, <laughs> no, you had your chance to get the chicken tenders and you shamed us over it. So no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like that is definitely the way that I am. All right. Uh, I think we're done for today, huh? 
Yeah, we did, yeah. Uh, yeah, we yeah, did a 55 lot. minutes. Yeah, we did a lot. All right, let's wrap it up. Subscribe to this podcast, leave five stars, and then, yeah, tons of Leafs Lightning stuff now. Oh, We're yeah. Here. Playoff time. Finally. Here. Yeah, so saving that t- for tomorrow. We'll see you then.